Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a fright. Welcome to the greatest of And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Welcome you back to this episode of the show, where tonight we're going to be talking about the Goldie Keith's film pick of the week, Sharknado, The Fourth Awakenings, from 2016, directed by Anthony C. Ferrante. As always, have we covered any of the other ones? We absolutely have not. And we like it that way. I actually enjoy it that way, because I have no idea what the fuck's going on the entire time. I'm just watching the movie. It's the fourth movie in the series. I kind of enjoyed it <laughs> because I don't want to know what's going on. I just have to fucking experience this movie. But before we get to all of that, we are, of course, joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Googie Keith. Sequels? Shark? What? Hello, everybody. Ah. And welcome to Talking Terror. It's a Cownado! Thank you, Gilbert Godfrey. Back to you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get to that later on. It's, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> we are not going to be joined by the Dean tonight because he has something called Hypnic, which I thought he said was Hypnic, and I was like, what are you talking about? Like, what kind of convention are you going to? But no, it's, it's uh, something to do with hippies. That's all I know. So he, he is not uh, here because of that. <laughs> I thought it was, I, I, hippie I dick. He's all about the hippie dick. dick. I was like, is that just a bunch of people standing in a room going, look how hip my dick looks? Hip, hip. Like, you know, and just, I was like, oh, no, that's weird. Why are you going to that? And I was like, oh, it's yeah. hip, Nick. Oh, it's a bunch of hippies talking about Jerry Garcia. It's fun. Yeah, I'm glad I'm up there. That's uh, no, actually uh, a rather cool festival. It's, uh, it's actually put on by the, uh, the Mother <laughs> Hips, um, which is a band, a uh, West Coast band. My nickname in high school? They, there you go, man. You got your mother's hips. Are they? <laughs> are they hit to be square? It's like a picnic, but it's for the hip nicks. You get it? So oh, play on words, man. Totally. Uh, uh, oh. Hip, hip, nick, hip, dick. Either way, he's not here. But we're also yeah, going to the hip dick. himself. The prince, my more say, yes, go funky with the monkey. Oh, yeah, baby. Hey there, Fright fans. It's Wednesday night, so it must be talking terror time, baby. Your favorite time of the week when we, your very own trilogy of terror, come in your ears with the latest horror news, nerdgasms, and movie reviews. But if you miss us live, do not worry your freaky little head off. You want to know why? Because every single episode of Talking Terror is always available free to our fans on Spotify and iTunes, baby. You just remember to share the love and make sure that you and all of your friends follow Talking Terror on Facebook and Instagram, baby. What's up, motherfuckers? <laughs> wow. You just hey, did the dude. Dusty Rhodes intro. Ditching the Anthony Michael Hall and going right to Dusty Rhodes. Oh, yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. Welcome to the Talking oh, Terror yeah, experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Oh, I'm a sensitive over here. Oh, get over here. I'm 350 pounds. Slap the butt cheeks. <laughs> Man, Monkey's the son of a plumber. He's the American dream, daddy. And he's coming to oh, come yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've, I've told you guys about that. The the out of context Dusty and the out of context uh, Ric Flair Instagrams, they're fucking gold. <laughs> like if you're looking for a laugh, it's like, the greatest fucking. I put the one in the group chat about like picking up two chicks at the bar at the end of the night. Like you have no other choice. He's like, it's all right, baby. I'm 350 pounds. I don't even care. I'll take you home. I'll show you what it's like to be a lover, baby. <laughs> I fucking love out of context Dusty Rhodes. Like, always makes me so fucking happy. You know, whenever I'm having a bad day, it's like I go right to those. <laughs> you know, or, you know, Ric Flair at the grocery store. Don't you know who I am? I'm the high flying, steel kissing, limo riding. Whoa, baby. Like, you know, like, yeah, the grocery store. I could see him doing that now. Oh, crap. It's Ric Flair again. You know he's talking about himself. <laughs> In a fucking North Carolina grocery store. <laughs> Man. No, Flair's coming. I ain't ringing him up. No, bitch. No, no, no. You get over here. You ring him up. I'm going on break. <laughs> I ain't I'm going on a cigarette break. He's got all his rings on and he's doing that strut again. And he only has one item in his cart. I'm not dealing with him today. <laughs> I'm like, I'll, I'll ring him out. It's fucking Ric Flair. Of course. <laughs> I got all the gold. I got all the money. I got the limo outside. Woo! Only for one head of broccoli. Woo! Thank goodness. <laughs> King's got this one. <laughs> I'll check him out. <laughs> uh, I, would, I would absolutely fucking adore it if I was in a grocery store and Rick Floyd walked up. Like, man, he's just like us. He doesn't buy gro- he buys groceries just like we do. <laughs> you know. Either that or the Iron Sheik. I think either either of them, I would be very happy to check out at a grocery store. Just because he would just fucking make fun of me for being American the entire time. I spit up you American. <laughs> fuck Hulk Hogan. Fuck you. Fuck up the warrior. Oh, see, he's going for all the hits. Nah, nah. He, he wouldn't mind you, man, because, you know, you're not you're not a Jew. Yeah, that, that's who he has that's to true. Iron Sheik. You know, he hates, he hates Randy Macho Man Savage. I hate him. He's disgusting. <laughs> That Randy Macho Man Savage, Miss Elizabeth, a very wonderful woman. I love her very much, but not Randy Macho Man Savage. He is a despicable man. <laughs> yeah, but Hulk Hogan, he's not Jewish. He's like a super Christian, and he still hates Hulk Hogan. So he goes both ways. You can't yeah, stop the energy once he gets on the That's because Hulkamania stole his belt, man. Oh, absolutely did. I mean, there wouldn't be a Hulkamania without Iron Sheik, and I've always said that. There would not be a Hulk Hogan if it wasn't for Iron Sheik. Iron Sheik put him the fuck over. So well, yeah. they had to. Like, they, they couldn't have him take it from fucking what's his name. Um, you know, I'm drawing a blank, man. But you know, whoever the Sheik beat, fucking not Buddy Holly, dude. That fucking slap happy fucking. Oh, uh, what Bob Backlund? Bob Backlund. There you go. Not Buddy Holly. Yeah. Um, yeah, can't have Hogan take it from him because Bob Backlund was, you know, was was a face for all intents and purposes. You know, the guy, listen, the guy held that belt for a real long time. Boring as hell. Okay, there is no excitement to be had. I don't understand how in a time 
of professional wrestling when you had characters like Dusty Rhodes and you had characters like 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 Jesse the Body Ventura. You had characters, <laughs> and yet the only fucking answer you could possibly give us for a champion was Bob, Bob Backlund. Backlund. <laughs> Do I get it? You know, amateur wrestling background for all intents and purposes. I guess Kurt Angle without fucking, you know, without any kind of pizzazz. Angle, you know, yeah, sure. Angle drank milk. But you know what? Angle was fun to watch because he was a character. Um, but, yeah, so, so you had to give it to Iron Sheik. You know, you have to give it to somebody. And, you know, if you're, if you're going to repurpose your character as, you know, the all-American American, you know, even though I know he wasn't the all-American American, that would be a later character. But, you know, at the time, Hulk Hogan <laughs> was the real American. Well, what better person to put him up against than the Middle East fucking enemy that we had, and, you know, given the Iran-Contra scandal and all the other shit going on at the time. So, boom. Oh, of course, yeah. Hence, why well, the yeah, action yeah. great time. I'll never understand. I'll never understand Bob Backlund. Like, the guy was fucking about as exciting as fucking Toast. Like, there was nothing exciting about his matches. His promos were always just so fucking boring. But for some reason, he fucking held that fucking title like nobody else. Like, Jesus. Well, well, I think he's what? Second? Second for the longest yeah, amount of time. So, behind Bruno. Yeah. Yeah, then there's Pedro Morales, again, a guy that's about as exciting as fucking Pedro. But for some reason, he fucking held that championship for a long time. And Bruno Sammartino, yeah. And Hulk Hogan. So, yeah, it's just bizarre, like how Hulk is the only one that has a lot of fucking pop, you know, because he had character, he had great promos, they had a great look. I mean, Bruno was great, but he was old school wrestler. Like, that's old school yeah, I don't put, professional wrestling. Yeah, I don't put Bruno in the same, like, like in the same time frame as those other two, you know, and even, I guess, Backlund. See, again, by the time Backlund, like, was rising, you had character wrestling. You know, it wasn't just... Mm-hmm. I, I know they... You know, okay, so here, I guess this is the one thing that makes sense. At the time that Bob Backlund became champion, it was still supposedly real. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we could we could turn around and say that. You know, remember, it wasn't scripted at that time. These were real tough men, you know, battling it out. So of course, mm-hmm. an amateur yeah, wrestler was, uh... is going to be the one to have an advantage over everybody else. Oh, of course. <laughs> and... <laughs> And, you know, we watched, uh, of course, the three of us, since Dean's on here, we watched Backlash, and I'm still just kind of so fucking hyped over Brock Lesnar fucking getting that crimson mask, like, and showing, like, how he, like, he came out Monday Night Raw the following after Backlash, he's all stitched up, his eye is all black and bruised, like, I was like, oh, shit, like, he got fucked up. Like, that probably wasn't meant to happen, but it's going to be a part of the great angle, you know, between him and Cody Rhodes at Backlash, because they're going to have another match. Whether or not it wasn't meant to happen, the fact they didn't black and white it out. That's mm-hmm. right. No, they could have done it. They could have cut right then and there. Or they could have did what they did in that other in the other match where, you know, he's going to magically cut fall the camera. off the side of the fucking apron for a little while and something else is going to happen and the doctors are going to come out and bandage him up a little bit. And can we get him back in the ring without blood all over him? Nah, they yeah. just let him breathe. And then did they, they not only just gosh. let him bleed, they let Cody open it up more, which was cool, man. That yep. was, like, nice to work <laughs> <Yeah>. with. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then on Monday Night Raw this past week, Bobby Lashley was in the running for the new championship. He had his match, and he got busted open on top of his head. He lost two pints of blood. 
and they had to stitch him up real fast because he was going to have his match against AJ Styles to close out Monday Night Raw, and he got busted open again. He was bleeding all over the place. I was like, are we entering a new era? Oh. Is this cool now? <laughs> We're just going to be having oh, we might. No, like, I'm, I'm going to say it right now. We might be back to fucking bleeding. Thank, thank God. Yeah. Thank God. Thank you for bringing it back. It, it was so fucking great to see him backlash. The Thank you, UFC. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's probably why. So, this but, is the fact yes, that we are going to see you. The fact that it was on backlash is one thing. Yeah. You're telling me mm-hmm. that it was on regular TV as well. That is Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Thing, you, know? you, would, you would think that at that point they would cut. You know, okay, this is on television. You know, kids could be watching it, even though kids have more fucking access to Peacock than you would think they'd have to USA at night, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Who's actually thinking these things out? Um, but, you know, regardless, that that's awesome. So, yes, okay, if this means we are, are coming back to an era of violence within our wrestling, I'm, I'm there for it. it. It was wild. Like, he got busted up on top of the head. He lost a ton of blood. Came out for the main event. He got busted open again, so his fucking blood was all over his face. And they just kept on it. Like, they kept the camera right on it. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, it's like backlash, but cool, because it's storing fucking, you know, primetime television. <laughs> We're seeing this guy, you know, blood all over his face, you know, trying to face off against AJ Styles. So, great match. So, at the uh, United Champions, it'll be uh, AJ Styles versus uh, Seth Rollins for the new uh, championship belt. That's going to be exclusive to Raw. So, We'll see who wins in that contest. And, and Sami Zayn is actually going to be able to go to United Champions in Saudi Arabia because Syria and Saudi Arabia are now having peace talks. So Sami can officially be so, in Saudi Arabia as a Syrian. That, yeah, that was so weird when I heard that, you know, he's like going. And I was like, are you sure you, uh, this is right? You know, I'm questioning the article I'm looking at. But you, did you fact check this? Are you sure? <laughs> or are they just or they're just trying to pull a trick on Sami Zayn, and then once he gets there, they're like, ha-ha, welcome to Saturday Arabia. Angel, put it in you go. <laughs> Not the champion anymore <laughs> as he gets shot to death in the fucking airport for being serious. But, no, he, he is allowed Sammy to go. Zane, it's a, it's a stupid too. fucking match. It's a really stupid fucking match, though, because Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, the tag champs, versus Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa for the tag team belts because Roman doesn't think the Usos can get it done. So I was like, oh, God. This is fucking terrible booking. Is it, is it maybe because the song. Usos can't come over because of DUIs? <laughs> Just like in it's Canada? Canada. It's fucking you know, Saudi Arabia. I'm sure they're pretty lax about it. I was asking <laughs> if it was like Canada. Which is... No, because uh, they allowed uh, Jimmy Uso into Canada at one of the recent uh, events. Like for some reason, he was allowed to go in for some reason. Like they worked it out so he can go. So that's over with. So no. I think it's just oh. part of the storyline right now that they're working with, with uh, the Usos kind of taking a backseat to everything. And for some reason, they want to push Solo Sokoa, who's about as fucking exciting as fucking paint drying, just like Bob Ackland and Pedro Morales. I just, I don't care for Solo Sokoa. He just has a fucking thumb fucking attack. Oh, it's a Samoan spike. No, he's just pushing his thumb in Yeah, but that's, that that's his father's move. He's Umaga's mm-hmm. kid. Not exciting. Umaga was so much more entertaining than Solo Sokoa. <laughs> Because Umaga looks like he would fucking rip your head off and spit down your throat. Like, Solo's just like, yeah, I'm badass because I don't really talk much. And I got fucking shit all over my thumb wrapped up tape. Yeah, <laughs> He's just so not intimidating. He played Umaga like a fucking, 
Like, he played the wild Owen Finn. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, mm-hmm. I'm fucking, Safe I just walked out of the jungle, and I'm going to bite your fucking throat out type of Samoan. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I believe I, I feel like... I feel like what they're doing with Solo is kind of like marrying the Umaga character together with, like, Taz, you know, where it's like this, this cool, calm, yeah. ang- angry demeanor, but, you know, he's still honoring his father by using that specific move. I, I don't know. I don't mind yeah. Solo. I actually kind of like him. The, uh, I like yeah, I mean, Solo I want to like him, but just, yeah, got to give me more. You know, it's just got to give me more to this character. Taz was great. I always thought that Taz was underrated as a wrestler. Like, I always loved Taz. And I felt like he never really got enough. Like, I was like, this guy is wow. great in the ring. He can cut some good promos. Killer fucking themes on. Look, Taz was, was great in East DW. He really was. He was mm-hmm. awesome. He was W champion. Um, Taz was tiny. That was Taz's biggest problem. <laughs> He's a fucking you know, he came into, <laughs> He's small. He came into the WWE. <laughs> And he was fucking dwarfed by everybody around him. And you know what? Yeah. Unfortunately, when you're the fucking human suplex machine and you're unable to suplex, you know, 70% of the fucking, you know, the, the, the competitors, it's not quite as intimidating, you know? Sorry. He's not, you know, he's not a Ray Mysterio. You know, he's not a fucking Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. You know, he mm-hmm. comes in, he looks like fucking, uh, oh, what the fuck was it? And Tom and Jerry. Remember, there was that one mouse. He wore the bowler hat, and he was like a big, tough guy. He was walking his, his chest all puffed out and shit, and Tom would get up in his face, and he would, like, sock him with, like, a good punch. Well, that was like Taz. Taz mm-hmm. would walk in. He'd have yeah. this, like, tough guy look on him, but then fucking, you know, I don't know. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin would be, like, you know, a foot fucking taller than him and looking at him like you're a little bitch, bro. Yeah, I mean, Taz's first match in WWE was uh, Royal Rumble 2000 against Kurt Angle. And that was a great match because at least, like, they're not giving him a fucking giant to fight, but at the same time, they're both technical wrestlers, which made the match really good. Yeah, but, similar size. Yeah. Similar size, but there's a difference. Yeah, it sounds being Kurt so Angle's got a gold medal. You know, Kurt Angle's got <laughs> a fucking personality. <laughs> it's damn true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he he definitely did. He always will. I, I always liked Kurt Angle back in his WWE days. Like, I always was, had a lot of fun with that character. Even when he was playing like the jokester character with Vince McMahon, <laughs> with the with Sing the, the with the milk truck, <laughs> yeah, milk truck. <laughs> it's the milk. Whether man. he was like, being playfully silly against himself, or whether he was playing a you know when he was playing serious heel characters, Kurt Angle was one of those guys who he couldn't flip on a dime. You know, the Big Show was the best nope. for that. Yeah, the Big Show was always oh, yeah. fucking. Just amazing at going from face to heel like this. And you believed mm-hmm. it every time. You were like, oh, that makes fucking perfect sense. Look at this big motherfucker. Of course he would do that. Um, but Kurt Angle did have the ability to kind of walk that line where, you know, when he was a face, you believed in him being a face. When he was a heel, you believed his reasoning for being a heel. And he can play the jokey heel. You know, he, he worked out well. Yeah, it, it's hard to kind of do that. Like, a lot of people can do it really well. Like, The Miz can do it really well. Chris Jericho always could do it very well, where you could love him or you could fucking hate him, but you just didn't want to hate him because he's just so charismatic. Like, uh-huh. he could be telling you to go fuck yourself. He's like, well, okay, I will, just because you're fucking Chris Jericho <laughs> and you're Miz. But... <clears throat> it's your mongoose McQueen. Uh, and I'll never forget, um, it was 1999, Armageddon. 
It was a big show versus the big boss man. And they had some of the greatest fucking vignettes leading up to that match because the big show's father in real life had died. Um, and he was just devastated because this is right before the match. So they had this promo where big show was at his dad's funeral giving a eulogy and the big boss man shows up in the blues brothers fucking cop car. And he's like, Hey, what's oh up? Big show? No, your dad's dead. Huh? <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck. Uh, uh, he hooked the coffin uh, up to the back of the car and dragged it out of the fucking crowd and drove off with the fucking coffin. <laughs> it was the greatest that's fucking thing I've ever seen. I totally forgot about that. Yes, yeah, I'll never forget that. some fucked up shit. That was like Triple H when he's going up against Kane. He had that whole girlfriend angle where Kane had a girlfriend that died and he dressed up like Kane and then he fucked the corpse in the coffin. Like he stripped off all his clothes wearing a fucking cane mask, and then he banged the corpse in the coffin. He's like, ooh, yeah. He like this cane. Like, I, was like, I was like, oh, God. Attitude fucking aggression was the best. <laughs> oh, come on, man. So great. Fucking, when Triple, remember when Triple H kidnapped Stephanie, and I say this with quotation. Yeah. Remember, he, he pretty much married her while she was rude. He drugged her. In the car. In the in the like, in the in the drive through. <laughs> yes, he had like video footage of him and he showed stuff and she's like out cold as they're getting married and shit. You know? And of course obviously the whole thing turns out to be a work and she was in on it the whole mm-hmm. time. But dude, that was so yeah. fucked up. It was like, Are you fucking kidding me? Like, are they really showing this right now? Yeah, she's passed out in the passenger seat and they're like, Stephanie, do you say I do? And she, he's like, I do. <laughs> like, it was so fucking great like they had some of the best fucking angles back then <laughs> you know even like Gene Snitsky our friend that we met at Bizarre AC too when he was there and then Kane and Lita had the baby and he fucking punted the fucking baby across the fucking not ring his, like, it's, it's not, not his fault, fault. Dude, he carried <laughs> that down for 20 plus years dude <laughs> yeah, that's what he's known for like, if you ever see him out in public, you just shout, it's not my fault. And he's like, yeah, man. <laughs> like, I picked that fucking baby across the fucking ring. Like, uh, just it, it, those eras were the best. Like, you know, we're never going to have that again. But, man, <laughs> it's all on YouTube. It's probably for a good time. Just look at attitude era moments. Like, we had Undertaker crucifying people on Monday Night Raw, like, 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> he's fucking crucifying Stone Cold <laughs> Steve Austin. <laughs> and like, wow, we're really here, huh? <laughs> like, you know, Val Venus, the porn star. One leg's Christmas. Hello, Hello lady. Come see me between <laughs> the holidays. <laughs> but uh, getting on track with horror news and things like that, I want to take it to the ghoul first because our friend yeah, yeah, went to a very special place. <laughs> well, the thing's not here. We can talk about wrestling. But I want to cut it to, you know, some horror stuff. So, uh, ghoul, you went and visited a very sacred ground in horror film history being Camp Crystal Lake. How was that experience for you? Well, I mean, yeah. So I, uh, I went on a, I got a gift for Valentine's Day, which was a extended tour at uh, Camp Nobi Bosco uh, up in mm-hmm. Hardwick, Jersey, uh, which yes, is filming location of the one and only the original Friday the 13th. Uh, about 85% of the film was filmed on this campground with the other stuff, you know, being at the uh, the Moravian Cemetery in Hope, uh, some stuff mm-hmm. filmed in Blairstown, where we actually did, you know what, when we got there, we got there a little bit early, um, 
so we needed to, to make a pit stop at a gas station. So I just threw, you know, a gas station name into the GPS where I looked it up on my GPS. Ended up in Blairstown uh, to, to, to get wow. up. So that, that was actually, yeah, that was actually kind of cool. It was like 15, 16 minutes away. It was the closest one, though. Uh, that's how out there you are, like, when you're up in this, this location, too. It is very remote up there. Um, wow. Sacred fucking ground, man. Sacred ground. It is it is killer, yeah. you know. So, so um, I recommend this for anybody that is, A, obviously a horror movie fan, B, especially if you're a Friday the 13th fan, or maybe I should reverse that, especially if you're a horror fan, A, <laughs> or no, if you're a Friday the 13th fan, A, B, if you're a horror fan. <laughs> but here is the thing to know, and they kind of let you know right off the rip with this. This is not a haunt. This isn't about jump scares. Right. It's not about gimmicks and stuff like that. This is an, a, a location tour. This is a full functioning mm. Boy Scout camp still. You know, they do this on weekends and, and stuff like that, and they do special events. Like, I know in a couple weeks they're going to have a, there's a whole Friday the 13th reunion that's going to be there. They have a shit ton nice. of the actors from the original movie and the sequel, uh, part two, uh, both gonna, all going to mm. be up there. Um. But it is very much a location tour. Uh, you know, they want to be respectful for the camp. Uh, they obviously want to allow horror fans a chance to see these things. And, you know, listen, they they obviously take that money and they use it to keep the camp operating, to fix up the camp. You know, this, this Boy Scout camp, which is, is very big, you know, it houses a lot of kids. They come in, they come in, they spend a week up there, and, man, if, uh, seriously, it's like the kind of thing that makes me wish I was a Boy Scout back in the day because it would be fucking phenomenal. The location is absolutely stunning. You are up there. You are in like a, a beautiful like valley-esque like mountain area with this big lake there, a big mountain in the background, um, you know, and just, just beautiful woods all around you. You are very remote. It's, it's all nature right there. So very, very cool. You know, they got all kinds of cool things that the kids do. They get to, like, do archery, which, obviously, again, the archery range is, is right there. You know, targets and all, you know, it's, it's, it's still set up that way. Um, you know, they, they still have a lot of the, the, the cabins that they used are still there. Um, obviously, the, the campers are there. They're set up for that. When they do the tour... They have it set up like they did for us, where they kind of, like, have pictures to show you, like, you know, this was this. You know, you'd laugh, but you got to remember, Friday the 13th was a low-budget horror movie. You know, we, we yeah. think of it as this huge franchise that's, you know, stretched on for years, and look at all the money that's been poured into it since, and all the money that it's made. But, like, when we see the scene in which uh, Walt Gormy, you know, Ralph, Crazy Ralph, yeah. is there in, in Alice's cabin, and we see him in the pantry. That pantry actually doesn't exist. They just, like, what? walled really? off the outside of a doorway <laughs> and made it look like it's a pantry. You know, that's, wow. again, movie magic. Uh, that, that happened. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very, very that. cool to see, though. <clears throat> you know, because all these yeah. cabins are really there, obviously, and there are rooms. There were cabins that were repurposed for different scenes and different shots. When you're actually on the site, you see the different, you see the realistic distances between some of these places. And let me tell you something, you know, when, when Bill looks out the window at the archery range, let's just say there's no way that he looked out the window and saw the archery range because it's fucking way the fuck <laughs> out, man. 
Um, but but obviously, you know, the, the 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 lake itself is there, and and one of the like one of the things that they made sure to kind of like sh- they showed you too because there's a picture like out on the beach, which for me was like the coolest place to be, like knowing that this is the, oh, this yeah. is where you know Pamela Voorhees loses her head. This is where that penultimate yeah. shot is. This is where that big finale, the big jump scare, all that stuff happens. You know, like I think of Friday the Thirteenth. That end sequence is what I do think about the most. Um, oh, yeah. so being on that beach, like you know, being able to like put my hands in that water and know like this was that same fucking lake was like fucking boom like fucking really really killer um but they have a shot and like one of the guy had said he's like yeah he goes you know a lot of camps around here a lot of other places around here claim that they're the ones that the movie was made at Hmm. and he says and and again there's a picture there there was a shot from the movie and in the background of the shot you see a mountain with like a specific curvature mm-hmm. to it, and yeah. when you when you're standing right there, you look in the background of the lake, you see that exact mountain. So there's no fucking doubt at all that this <laughs> is where that movie was fucking filmed. Because you're not moving that fucking mountain anywhere, and the shape of it, it's not like somebody was like, oh hey, hold on, let's carve this mountain so it looks exactly like what the fucking movie looked like. So the, the, this is the place to go. This is where it was actually done. Uh, and again, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's a good time. We had a small group. Uh, they handle, they say, as, as groups as large as seventy people. Uh, we were the first wow. group of the season. Um, four people didn't show up. So surprisingly enough, and you know, again, it's not a haunt, so I'm surprised they didn't make more of it. But we only ended up having thirteen people. Um, so sort of, <laughs> they should have had fun yeah. with that, but they actually didn't. You know. <clears throat> I guess they're accustomed to having, like, super fans, like, people that, like, no, like, I consider myself a really big fan, and, like, when they were like, oh, who's a super fan? Like, nobody raised their hand, so, like, I kind of, like, half raised my hand for it, but then it's like, you know, nothing makes you feel like, like, you know less about anything, especially me, because I have such a Swiss cheese fucking memory, like, I know everything, but forget everything all at the same time, so, like, you know, like, they would ask, like, a question about, like, one or two specific things, and, like, you know, of course, I'd draw, like, a total blank, but then, like, five minutes later, I'd be like, hey, you know, motherfucker, I actually did know that, I'm such a dumbass. <laughs> um, but, but like I said, it, it's it's worth doing, you know, especially if you're a Friday the Thirteenth fan. But also, again, as as a horror fan, absolutely go enjoy it, and uh, and yeah, just again be respectful of it, be mindful of the place, and, uh, and yeah, you'll have a good time. You know, try to do the nighttime tour. You know, like I don't know, we we had perfect weather for it, um, so it wasn't blazingly hot out. We had plenty of daylight, right. and then as like night started to fall, the air temperature like went down a little bit. It was nice and cool without it being cold, and uh, and obviously not a drop of fucking rain. So, and uh, yeah, and there's, there's all kinds of pictures up on uh, the Talking Terror Instagram, and uh, yeah, enjoy them. Should be some videos yeah, very cool there. pictures, especially the uh, the ghoul gal with the fucking snake and the machete in the cabin. I was like, there we go, iconic <laughs> shot. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. The, uh, they, they, they do make the point. You know, I did get that one right. They're like, oh, does anybody know the significance of, like, this specific cabin? I was like, yeah, it's where they killed the snake. They're like, yeah, this, 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 that is it. Super fans. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, everybody. That's me. Available for pictures after. <laughs> I love this fucking movie. <laughs> um, that, that's very cool. Um, but that leads into my question. 
uh, following that, and I want to give it to the monkey first because you talked about Crystal Lake. Are there any movie locations, <clears throat> doesn't matter if it's horror, sci-fi, or whatever, that you would just love to check out and put on a bucket list? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and Ghoul would be right there with me. Is Again, granted, going when it's, it wouldn't be fucking, you know, on the surface of the sun, but definitely going uh, to Africa where they filmed episode four <laughs> and the moisture farm and shit for, yeah, you know, the very first Star Wars movie and ch- checking that shit out. Yeah, um, again, also... The Redwood Force, just for them sh- shooting Return of the Jedi as well, you know. But that's easy enough to get to. It's like, but yeah, there's 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 some shit that I would love to be able to check out. But you know, the deserts where they f- filmed Episode Four, yeah, that that would probably be like the very very top of my dream list. Yeah, that's a cool choice. And what about you, Google? Like that's any cool. other places that you'd want to go? Hmm. Yeah, I really never like. I, I listen. Obviously, there are, are plenty of places in the world that I that I want to go and explore and check out. I really never thought about it from like a movie standpoint, though. Uh, like even like this is like one of those things that whenever like I'd see an ad for it, I'd be like, "Oh wow, that's so cool!" You know, and like I might look it up or whatever it is, but like I'd never think to like actually get the tickets for it. So I thought it was so fucking awesome that the Google girl did that for me. So you know, big shout out to her for uh, for hooking me up on that. It was an awesome fucking Valentine's Day present. Um, no, that but, is. Uh, you know, I guess off the top of my head, really, like, I don't know, I guess, like, no, no, there's really nothing that I can think of. Like, yes, I think it was, what, Tunisia? Not where they shot Jaws? They, I mean, I've been on the ocean before, man. <laughs> I know what the water looks like. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Andy Allen, you know. I would like go yeah, where they cool you know, if I go to where they film Star Wars, it's gonna be a desert, you know, and like I don't know, it's just a lot of sand. <laughs> you know All it's gonna get in places. It's like Anakin said, you know, it gets in everything, you know. And then I'll get fucking shaped <laughs> and, and itchy and shit like that. I've been to the Redwood Forest, you know, I got to go there with with, with the with the Dean. So so I've I've seen California Redwoods. Uh I wanna go to the rainforest. That's where I wanna go. Like that that's definitely the the, the like my my big destination ultimately is to actually go to a, a full on rainforest and be killed. So cannibal them. holocaust. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's what I'm looking for. Like apocalypto, you know what I mean? There's something about it. I'd like to see the green for cannibal holocaust, please. <laughs> I don't think you want to. <laughs> okay, you can. <laughs> I'd, like the, I'd like the green inferno experience. Yeah, can I go to that village with green inferno? Are, are, <laughs> Okay, quick question at first. Are you vegan? <laughs> <laughs> I would also I not like to be killed, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be cool. I mean, I mean I've mean, i been to Monroeville Mall. I've been to the Night of the Loving Dead Cemetery. I've been to the filming locations of The Prowler, which was a Joseph Zito movie. Um, so, I mean, obviously still... Which we covered on this show. We did. And I love that movie, and I've been in a hotel, and it's fucking amazing. And, yeah, like, Monroeville Mall, Monkey, you've been there. You've been to the cemetery as well. Um, you know, you know, I, um, I would love to see in Orlando the base motel that they have on the back lot the Universal, just because I've never seen it in person. I know it's still there. Like, they still have it, surprisingly enough. 
So I'd love to just check that out, even though there's nothing really inside the house. It's all just exterior, but that would be really fucking cool. Uh, going to see, obviously, the Sawyer House in Texas, which, you know, the dean couldn't get to, but he saw the gas station, but I would just love to go to the Sawyer House um, and kind of have dinner there, get a lot of meat, and just have fun. Um, and probably <clears throat> where they filmed the Lost Boys, on that pier, you know, uh, Santa Carla Pier. I'd love to see that. You know, see all the attractions and the rides and shit like that. That would be really cool. So those are kind of like my, my favorite film locations. But, you know, I've been to the big ones, like Monroeville Mall, the cemetery. Like, <laughs> knock those off my list. And then, of course, you know, seeing George Romero's grave in Canada. Uh, that would be fucking killer. Like, I would love to do that one of these days. And the fact that he's buried in Necropolis Cemetery. I thought that was so fitting. In Toronto, he's buried in Necropolis Cemetery. Literally the dead city. <laughs> I was like, what better place for him to be buried at? And then, now that I'm thinking about it, where they filmed the original Evil Dead in Tennessee, even though that cabin burned down, like, there's still stones from the fireplace there that you can take if you want to. Um, I'd love to visit that location as well. You know, it'd be like, I have an actual stone from the fireplace of the original Evil Dead. That would be a fucking great collector's piece. It's like, it's literally that. I mean, I'm surprised, well, you didn't take some of the water home with you from the Crystal Lake. I'm like, yeah, I have a jar. Can I just dip it in the water and take some water home with me? <laughs> like, that's what? actual fucking water from Kickers Lake. <clears throat> I would, I would never. Why do you have you're talking about? Well, you know, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, de- I definitely. I definitely don't have a Poland spring bottle with some sand and water from Crystal Lake in it. Of course you're not that type of person. No, 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 no. I mean, you have to. You have to. I mean, you know. Like, of course. One of those places where you, you can, and that's why I love it, because you can take some sand. You can take some water and fuck cares, but it's just a piece of horror history. Like, that's why I would love to go to the Evil Dead Cabin and take one of the stones from the fireplace, because, like, that was in that fucking movie. Like, it's an iconic movie. You know, you can't really take a piece of Monroeville Mall home with you. You can't be like, I'm just going to chip off a piece of the brick outside. Uh, <laughs> uh, guys? Oh, no. <laughs> Why is this guy chipping off a piece of the fucking property? <laughs> oh, my God. The George Romero bus is gone. Who took it? I'm just running out to my car. No, I didn't take nothing. I didn't take nothing. I'm innocent. <laughs> Come on, George. You're riding shot. <laughs> Speeding home with the yeah, but no, and no, and you're like you would have fucked up and stolen the Mister Rogers bus instead. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Rogers, oh, I took the wrong one. That's okay, Mister Rogers. You just gotta bring me back. That's all, young man. It's all good. <laughs> I'm glad you had a good time and you had fun and you learned something today about yourself. Mm. And I did. I fucking got the wrong bus. <laughs> well, that's okay. I know I'm not George, but. I can pretend like I am. Hi, I'm George Romero. <laughs> I directed horror movies. That's not funny. That's not real. We all make mistakes sometimes. Do. Just don't forget to change your sweater. <laughs> <and> your <shoes. laughs> In fact, did you get me a sweater? I'm a little bit chilly. I don't have a sweater. All right? I thought you were the fucking George Romero bust. You're not. Said, That's okay. We all make mistakes. I just I'll settle in here and make a home for myself. No, you will not. I'm bringing you back. Don't bring me back. Nobody ever wants to look at my bus. They all want to go to George's bus. 
fine minus run. You can stay here for a while. <laughs> I know George directed <laughs> that uh, documentary that you did on your show about getting a tonsillectomy. One of his first things. Like, yeah, he did. He did do that. <laughs> before he made Night of the Living Dead. He, 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 <laughs> he was good at that. Yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, yeah. talking about some of the things that I have <clears throat> for... Uh, some of the things I have for horror news. Um, one of the things I want to talk about, talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, the technical test for the upcoming Texas Chainsaw Massacre video game starts on May 25th, if you signed up for it. And the team at Gun Interactive have created a Weatherface Lo-Fi Beats channel on YouTube just before the test. The video channel features animation by Matt Hubel. It's Weatherface as he cuts meat and stopping the ponder before he cuts up some more meat. So if you love Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Lo-Fi Beats like myself, you're going to love the video. It's so fucking relaxing. It's just Lo-Fi Beats and animated Weatherface cutting up meat, stopping, and then going right back to cut meats. Like, it's such a good video to fall asleep to, which I admit I fall asleep to that a lot since it came out. It's relaxing fucking music in Weatherface. So like, it doesn't get any fucking better than that. So, uh, yes, that test is only a few short days away on the 25th. So we'll see how it goes. I'm excited to see that game finally get released. I know I don't have a PlayStation 5, so I'll just have to watch uh, YouTube videos of playthroughs and <laughs> enjoy it that way. Or you, could get, um, or you could just get a PlayStation 5. You know, I could get a lot of things, Monkey, and that might not be one of them. So <laughs> I could just buy another <laughs> DVD of Texas Chainsaw Massacre because I don't have enough of them already. But, <laughs> so, but also, to coincide with the 50th anniversary next year of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a documentary is being released by director Michael Calio called Dinner with Leatherface. The doc will focus on Gunnar Hansen and his life, as well as interviews with Bruce Campbell, Barbara Crampton, Kane Hodder, and Brian O'Halloran, who have all started movies with him. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that because Gunnar Hansen you know, died a few years ago. I was lucky enough to meet him back in the early 2000s, and it's, just, it's always cool to see videos of him and uh, you know, learning more about his life and how he got to be Leatherface. And it was all because a guy that was supposed to play the character before him just got drunk and locked himself into a hotel room and refused to come out. So they're like, well, what? He, he's not going to do it. So, <laughs> and Gunner was like, oh, yeah? He's like, well, I mean, I guess I could do it. Uh, so, you know, he put on a mask, and, of course, he did it and became part of horror history. And when it premiered in 1974, he took his mother to go see it. And, you know, Gunner asked her afterwards, he's like, well, what do you think of the movie? And she's like, he's like, it's pretty scary, right? And she's like, no, because the entire time I was watching it, I was like, that's my baby up there. She's like, that's who I'm watching. And I was like, oh, I'm so sweet. <laughs> you know, watching this deranged psychopath with a chainsaw. She's like, no, that's my baby up there. <laughs> I had a great time. And she brought her over to too, which is great. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so keeping with video games, Behavior Interactive has just dropped big news on Twitter earlier this week by teasing the arrival of Nicolas Cage in the Dead by Daylight video game. The tweet was accompanied by a teaser featuring a Cage voiceover that reveals his in-game character model. So you could play as Nicolas Cage in Dead by Daylight coming soon, but they're also going to be planning on doing some mods. So you might be able to play as Mandy Nicolas Cage, call out a space Nicolas Cage, well with Wonderland Nicolas Cage. So there's probably going to be a lot of skins available, but if you've ever wanted the Rage Cage, now is your chance to be a Dead by Daylight. So, uh, was it all the same studio that put out these recent Nicolas Cage movies, like The Color Out of Space, Mandy, and all that? No. 
No, it's completely different. Being oh, very okay. Active has nothing to do with those movies. They do the uh, the Dead by Daylight series, but Dead by, Dead by Daylight, like they'll release a DLC like of Weatherface, of Michael Myers, uh, Ghostface. Like they've released all these DLCs where you can play these characters. Uh, they released one with Ash oh. from Evil Dead. So yeah, so they wanted to involve Nicolas Cage in some way, shape, or form. So the teaser on Twitter is just him as himself, just animated into a video game. And it's just like, you know, coming soon, Dead by Daylight, you know, stay tuned for more info. But they're speculating that it could be a bunch of characters that Nicolas Cage has played. So some people are like, oh, my God, I get to play as Con Air Nick Cage? Bring it. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to play as Con Air Nick Cage. But, but you know, it might, it might be just one of the more recent characters. Like, I know a lot of people want to see the Mandy, uh, Nicolas Cage, which, of course, that's fucking insane. What this character is read in that movie. Um, <clears throat> We had talked earlier about, obviously, Monroeville Mall, the Night of the Living Dead Cemetery. So this news popped up earlier this week. Uh, our favorite twisted twins, Jen and Sylvia Saska, had been talking on Facebook about a secret project that they were working on. They are very excited about it, but didn't really give any details until earlier this week, where they announced that they've teamed up with Tubi for a new horror movie that they'll be directing called Festival of the Living Dead. <clears throat> In the movie... It's been 50 years since Night of the Living Dead's ghoul attack, and the horrific event has become the subject of morbid nostalgia. Looking for fun, Ash and her friends attend the Festival of the Living Dead, but the festival is disrupted when a blast of radioactive space dust hits the festival, and they must defend themselves or be devoured by the living dead. Expect this movie to release on Tubi this fall. So, I love the Saskas. I love what they do. The fact that they love George Romero, and they love Night of the Living Dead, and they're making their own kind of take on it, I'm excited for but, of course, the fans like to weigh in, do something original. Why do you have to copy off of something that Romero did? It's like, it's a fucking tribute movie, dude. Just fucking enjoy it. <laughs> you know? Why can't we have nice things, guys? <laughs> it's our fans. There always has to be that group. They're like, I don't like it. Like, just enjoy it. Don't watch it. I don't care. But I'm excited for it. Okay, I mean, but, have, you know, okay but to play devil's advocate here, does it have the blessing oh, of the Romero estate? That I didn't find in the article that I found announcing that it was being made. So I, they might have, but there's nothing on there saying that the Gar Foundation's behind it or, or Suzanne's Rocher is okay with it. So they might just haven't really said anything about it. But, you know, they, they are going ahead with it. So I would assume they have to know, you know, especially if you're going to use Night of the Living Dead as a template for your movie. I'm sure that they know in some way, shape, or form, but we'll find out. Uh, hopefully in the future. Yeah, Cause I have yeah because they do have complete rights back, right? Like it's no, no longer o- open IP? Still in public oh, domain. Oh, shit. But this isn't, a, this isn't a remake. This isn't a Night of the Living Dead remake. This is just paying tribute to that movie. And so it's different. So it's not... Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I got you, man. I was just... For some yeah. reason, I thought that like the estate had won the rights back or something like that. They were fighting for it, but as far as I know right now, it's still in the public domain. You could still do your own Night of the Living Dead thing. Um, they've been oh, trying to advocate okay. for it, but as, as last I heard, which was like a year or so ago, I think they're still trying to get the, the IP, which is still in public domain. So hopefully they get it back. But it's not like you're seeing a glut anymore of those movies, because for a while there, you were seeing a fucking glut. Like there was just Night of the Animated Dead and Night of the Dead, you know, Redux and Night of the Living Dead Resurrection, but like that seemed dead. to kind of peter out. Dead. So. dead, living dead. They're all living. They're all dead. They're all dead. 
None of the Living Bread, which came out, which is a fun fucking short. But, uh, yeah, there's a, a ton of, of, of those. But, um, you know, and speaking, of course, like I said, about Night of the Living Dead, uh, the Living Dead weekend is coming up in Pittsburgh, PA, and it will be celebrating 45 years of Dawn of the Dead, the premiere Dawn of the Dead, not that shitty fucking 2004 movie. And it's going to be running from <laughs> You mean your, fa- you mean your favorite one? Yeah, no, not my favorite one, the one that I like to shit on the most. But it's also bolster, uh, bolstering over 60 guests featured in various George Romero movies. So, yeah, sorry, uh, not my favorite one. But, you know, I will give it to James Gunn for writing a kind of fun movie, but the execution is just terrible. And I blame Zack Snyder for that. Because it seems like everything Zack Snyder touches turns to fucking shit. God just does not know how to make a good movie. I have not seen one good Zack Snyder movie where I'm like, yeah, it wasn't so bad. I'll give him a pass. No. I, every movie I've seen him direct, I'm like, this is fucking terrible. <laughs> why, oh. why does Netflix give him $90 million? <laughs> I, I, I didn't hate that. who you know until you blow. I did think Batman vs. Superman was, was a little done wrong, but uh, no, no, I like 300. I thought that was pretty good, and I like Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, Watchmen I have a tough time with because I wanted to like that movie. It just didn't hit right. I don't know. I wanted to like it, and I still want to give it a chance. But every time I watch it, I'm like, this movie just, it's not, like, even Alan Moore is like, that movie is shit. I'm like, yeah, I kind of agree. (laughs) And Alan Moore is the creator of Watchmen, and he would know. Alan Moore is a very dark and depressive man in general. He doesn't like anything. <laughs> if you've ever read Watchmen, you know that he doesn't like anything. At yeah. All. So of course he's going to hate it, you know? So, Sucker yeah. Punch is fun. Did he do Sucker Punch? Yeah, yeah, he did Sucker Punch. Okay, well, I could say mm. that I actually like one Zack Snyder movie. I did not realize he directed that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that awesome wow. film where he fucking rips off American McGee's Alice in Wonderland. That movie was awesome. I don't know what that yeah. is. Stop <laughs> that. It's a video game. Listen, it's a video game that nobody played. That's what it is. It's like a PC Every game. Every time with this guy, with Monkey, every time I bring up fucking Sucker Clutch, he's like, they ripped off American McGee's House of Wonder. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is. I have no reference. Uh, <laughs> Why am I going to hate on it? <laughs> I have no I, reference. Maybe if I saw it and played it, I'd be like, oh, yeah, you're right. I also hate on it so much just because I wanted to like that movie so bad. The trailers looked so fucking good for oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, uh, mm-hmm. like, and... And I enjoyed everything about the film except the, the fucking origin part, which was the fucking ripoff from the video game. Like, it was literally frame for frame ripoff of the f- fucking video game. And I was like, oh, man, you couldn't even come up with an original fucking beginning of the story here? Yeah, uh, the kicks were so hot, bro. Oh, so my God, they were so hot. And it was so fun. Was so I'm funny. not arguing. Emily Browning. I am not arguing that in any way, shape, or form. I don't uh, like blonde. I don't like blonde. She's so hot. Me either, but she was so good. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> I am not a fan of blondes. I was a fan of her in that movie. Oscar Isaac was fucking great in that movie. Carl Gugino. Like, it was, yeah, fucking, I just, I love Sucker Punch. I was so surprised when you said it was Zack Snyder, because I blanked on that. But, I mean, obviously, it pales in comparison to Alice in Wonderland, uh, American uh, McGee over there. Fucking doing his shit. I don't know. I've never fucking seen it, so I have no fuck. 
But that's well, like so me shaking go. my fist at a fucking cloud going, Zack Snyder fucking directed Dawn of the Dead remake. It sucks. Like, now, it's, now, you know, see, now, like, you like, now you like fucking Dawn of the Dead remake and Sucker Punch. No, I don't like you know, well, I definitely don't like Dawn of the Dead. It, <laughs> again, man, I have fucking tried, and I've said this on the show so many times, I've tried so many times to watch that remake. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to fucking watch this movie, and hopefully I can find something that I like about it. The opening ten minutes are not bad. The opening ten minutes of that movie are actually kind of fun. But then once you get to the fucking mall, it all falls apart. Like, it just is not very good. And then I remember seeing an interview with George Romero where he's like, yeah, the first 10 minutes are pretty nice. He's like, but then it turns into a fucking video game. I'm like, yeah, thank you, George. You get it. We're there. <laughs> it's just, a, and I love fucking Ving Rhames. And even, I was like, Ving, get out of this movie, man. You can do better. You can do better. <laughs> it's, I wonder why we never got a sequel. Yeah. Time won't tell why we never got a Dawn of the Dead part two. But we got like 15 different Day of the Deads. For some reason, they just went after yep. Day of the Dead. Like, that's the movie. We're going to make, like, five different versions. <laughs> yeah, all, all, each one fucking worse than the next. Oh, my God, they're fucking trash. Like, I would even say, like, Dawn of the Dead isn't as bad as half of those fucking Dawn, uh, Day of the Dead sequels. And then I'm like, well, at the same token, why have we never gotten a, you know, a Dead Rising movie? It's fucking just Dawn of the Dead, except for the reporter in them all. <laughs> Do that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Not even a reporter, a photographer. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Yep, man. that's right. Gotta keep those crunch those games, those games were crunch all about extra. fucking. That was all yeah. about tech, <laughs> being able to portray mm-hmm. that many like villains on screen at one point. You uh, know what I mean? That screen. was what the cool yeah. thing about that was. <clears throat> and and that was, many, I how many that characters did we get out. there? <clears throat> yeah, it was fun. Was I, fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You know, and I enjoyed all of those because they did three of them. And I think I enjoyed all of them. Like, part two wasn't as good as part one, but like, when they brought back that main character part one in part three, it was, it was interesting, you know, being in the same type of place in the Willamette Mall. Um, but, yeah, if you guys haven't played that, I mean, I know Ghoul you have. Monkey, I don't know if you played Dead Rising, but definitely worth your time. Yeah, I, do, I was just talking about the crotch there. shots, man. Oh, that's right, you were. You, yeah. you, oh, I heard you yeah, yelling yeah, yeah. crotch. And I was like, why is he yelling crotch yeah. over and over again? I don't know. Monkey's not a fucking because you can, Monkey is, yeah, is a the, professional crotch shotter. Yeah, and yeah. when you play that game, when you play that game and you get sit there and pick pictures of victims in their panties, those are actually worth more points. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> so, well, see, more you didn't know that, did you? No. Well, they they do give you an erotic like fucking point, right? Like if you if you take an erotic picture, it'll give you a lot of XP. I thought that's how it worked. That's what the rankings were. I thought I could remember right. I, mean, I, it was like, I haven't erotic. played that game in like fucking over a decade, man. Yeah, but, it's a uh, long time. Yeah. But just just to get your Zack Snyder fixed in, man, just just think, dude, by December of this year, you're going to have part one of an epic space opera movie coming to you from Zack Snyder called Rebel Moon. Uh, uh, did you say space Netflix. opera? Space opera. Space, space opera. No, I mean, space I don't think opera. Opera. I think it's an I, opera along the same line oh. as Star Wars. I thought Star Wars was like a Western. I thought you guys always say it's a Western. It's an opera now? Well, I, that's what I say it is. It's a, it's a Western in space, but it's it's got operatic themes, you know, fucking siblings it's and the clock and stuff like that. But, uh, but yes, it's a... <laughs> you are getting an 
and literally, this is it is it is an American epic based opera film. Uh, we've got you know a cast including Charlie Hunnam from uh, Sons of Anarchy, uh, Ray Fisher, Jaman Hansu. Uh, you might know him from Guardians of the Galaxy, amongst you know other other films. Uh, one of my favorite actresses, uh, Jenna Malone. Um, you know, uh, Ed Screen, villain in uh, the first Deadpool, I believe. Uh, I forget the character's name, but I'm pretty sure that's the actor. Uh, yes, Ajax. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Carrie Francis. Elf will be in it. Anthony Hopkins will be in it. A- Anthony Hopkins? Oh, well. Anthony Hopkins. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that might also, get me over. He was also in Transformers fucking, you know, whatever the fifth movie was. So Last night? Like, oh, my God, that fucking movie, dude. Yeah. That fucking movie, so man. <laughs> I, like, so I have funny, to fucking bro. watch this movie. I'm like, wow, this fucking movie exists. <laughs> the last night, it's fucking insane. When he gets blown up, but then the they have the other Transformers movie coming out this year too, don't they? Like, they have a new Transformers coming out the, in like a month. Right? Yeah, like Day of the Beast or whatever it's called. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, the Beast Wars movie. The Beast Wars movie. That's it. Yeah, I knew there was another Transformers movie coming out. Because they had the fucking Notorious B.I.G. song playing in the trailer. I'm like, okay, I could dig this. What? It's not going to be. Yeah, they had Notorious B.I.G. It was all the dream. Like, you know, and they were playing that fucking door in the trailer. I was like, okay, not bad. Not oh, bad. Oh, wow. <laughs> Got me excited <laughs> a little bit. Um, Super Nintendo, uh, Sega Genesis. Yeah, it's like, I, I love Notorious B.I.G., so. Huge fucking Biggie fan. Uh, <laughs> um, so, speaking of, of trailers, we just talked about Transformers and Rebel Moon. Uh, so, Five Nights at Freddy's is finally coming out. Uh, it's coming out October 27, 2023. That is based on the famous video game. I feel like this movie should have came out years ago, uh, but it's coming out now, courtesy of Blumhouse, with Jim Henson Creature Shop doing the effects. The teaser dropped today. Uh, did you both have a chance to watch it? Yes. I did indeed. <laughs> All right. So, Monkey, what would you think about the, the teaser? Because it's a Jim Henson Creature Shop uh, project, so I figured you'd be the first one to be like, all right, I want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, but Creature Shop is, like, a little bit different than Muppets and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> but, again, we're just talking teasers, so we didn't really see anything. But I've also never – I wanted to ask the ghoul about this because I've never played the game Never seen any playthrough. Like, I don't even know what the game is. Like, I know, like, all I know is it's like a fucked up Chuck E. Cheese scenario kind of thing with some animatronics. But I don't know what you're supposed to do in the game or anything like that. Uh, so, yeah, I was at school, like, you know, did, dude, like, did, did any of your kids play it or anything? Yes. Yes, yes, and yes. Uh, both. Uh, yes. It was popular. Um, yes. Uh, to quote the dean. Yes. Um, <laughs> popular amongst uh, Zach and 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 the little monster. Uh, they both uh, were like that perfect age range for it. Um, it was really popular amongst the, the kids at that point. The, the game came out in 2014. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember that uh, prior to becoming TikTok. Uh, it used to be called Musically, and between YouTube yeah, and Musically, um, 
you know, Five Nights at Freddy's, it, it kind of, like, built, like, this 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 whole, like, little underground thing. And, like, kids were, you know, they were watching the, the clips and the scenes. So most of these kids were watching the scenes and clips from the, the game and not actually playing the game. Um, eventually, the game did start coming out for the consoles, and that's where I feel like more kids started actually playing it. But essentially, I mean, you, you take on the role of an employee who's a security guard for, for this, this store, and uh, and you kind of have to use whatever like uh, things are at your disposal to to pretty much survive. Uh, it's very much like a a, a Resident Evil esque type of deal. Um, the the movies now, like I do agree with you, King, that like this is definitely a film that that should have come out a long time ago. And trust yeah. me, Warner Brothers agrees. They've been trying to make this movie since 2015. Uh, a year after the game wow. came out, it's just it's yeah. been, been a long time hell for them to make it. Like you know, they like it just just never worked. They would get actors, they would get a script, they wouldn't like it. This wouldn't happen. At some point, Joe Jason Blum had his fucking fingers in the movie. Like that was going to happen, and uh, that that ended up not occurring. So so here we are, finally, you know, in 2023, Universal Pictures. Uh, you know, gonna gonna do it with uh, with Blumhouse, and uh, they they're gonna they're gonna distribute it, and we're gonna see it October 27th, both in theaters and Peacock. So we're getting a, a you're getting my favorite kind. It's a simultaneous release. Oh, the theater release thing. <laughs> yeah, you can go see it in the theater, and watch it at home. Yeah, I might watch it at home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yep, watch it at home. <laughs> yeah. I, I so then we're gonna have I to take the kids to the theater to see it for the jump scares, you know, the louder noises. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have to cover it on the show. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then and then it. you know compare and contrast, you know, Five Nights versus Willie's Wonderland. Yeah, oh yeah, there's gonna be a lot of of compare and contrast to that. So I'm looking forward I to that. I mean, I I'll be at the Really? Okay. Well, you need to. I think you'd have a lot of fun with it. You know, and then go see Five Nights at Freddy's when it comes out in October and be like, all right, let's see the differences. Let's see the comparisons. Um, Nick Cage is great in that one. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I like the teaser. I, I, I played the video game. I got it. So it's cool to see all these characters, you know, come to life in the movie. I thought it was cool that Josh Hutcherson is going to play the security guard. I was like, oh, I haven't seen that guy since Hunter Games. I don't know where he's been. So <laughs> he disappeared. I think that's cool. So. I'm looking forward to it either way. You know, it seems like it's going to be a fun little movie. And I just love those kind of throwaway popcorn movies. And, and speaking of that, I definitely plan on going and checking out Fast X this weekend, the first part of the final yeah. ride. All about fucking family, family baby. I'm going to roll up in my <laughs> yeah. RC, fucking room, room in my fucking V8 heavy motherfuckers. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <yeah. laughs> sipping on a Corona, just sitting in the parking lot, man. Who wants to race for their face? I don't drink, motherfucker. I'll roll up. With, there's nothing <laughs> yeah. actually comes in sin. There's no no fucking food, no no liquids. Nothing's allowed in it, man. People can starve to death for all I care. They ain't, <laughs> yeah, right. they ain't bringing shit in my car. Ain't, ain't nothing. I got my WeatherTech four liners. I still ain't risking anything. But if I can, it's no, no, no. for a serious moment, actually, because we did we opened the show talking about wrestling. Um, reportedly, uh, superstar Billy Graham, Billy Graham passed away. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He has passed? Uh, oh. Yeah. I heard he was on life support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, according to Ric Flair, uh, he has passed. And uh, 
You know, rest, rest in peace, superstar Billy Graham. You know, he's a uh, man. He's one of those. What guys. a character! Yeah. What a character! There'd be no Hulk Hogan without nope, superstar without Billy superstar. Graham because Hulk Hogan absolutely stole that entire look. Yep. That entire persona, you know, he took it from him, and he took it from Jesse the Body Ventura, and he absolutely uh, he rolled those two characters together and created Hulk Hogan, and he took it and ran with it. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying that fucking Terry Bollea had nothing to do with it. Obviously, a lot of what Hulk Hogan is <laughs> is Terry Bollea, but you do not have Hulk Hogan without them. I, I remember when Superstar Billy Graham made like a, a return to, to wrestling mm-hmm. in like the, the late '80s early 90s, and, like, the first thing I thought was, like, who the fuck's this copycat? You know, but then I remember talking to my <laughs> yeah. uncle, and he's like, nah, bro. He goes, this guy came way before Hulk Hogan. And, you know, even at that, that advanced age, man, you know, Billy Graham was still a big jack dude. He was, like, yep. massively wide, you know? Like, he wasn't, like, Hulk Hogan ripped. He was just big motherfucker, man. And it was, like, it was that cool to see, you know? So... Yes, yeah, exactly. That's like a perfect fucking way to say it, man. The fucking dude was. It was like built with two fucking, two root beer fucking barrels on his chest. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, he, he was iconic. Superstar Billy Graham. Rest in peace, man. Yeah, he was, he was one of the legends. Um, sad to see. I know that the last time I heard he was on life support, so I was like, oh, it's not good. But, you know, at least he can, you know, rest in peace now. Um, but, yeah, so with that being said, I want to get into Mover tonight, which is Sharknado, The Fourth Awakens from 2016. Speaking of death, let's movie, Cool. Uh, this is your film pick of the week, so give us a synopsis, what you thought about it, and let's get rolling. <laughs> Have fun okay. with that. Listen, <laughs> you, want a, you want a synopsis for fucking Sharknado. I mean, come on, man. It's Enjoy Sharknado. It. The name literally tells you everything you possibly, possibly need to know about what you're about to witness. There is no, there's no alliteration going on here. There's no metaphor. It's it's not it's not philosophical. It's literally tornadoes and sharks inside of them. But 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 we're not we're not going to start. You know, again, like like the king said at the beginning. You know, we, we never start at the beginning of any series here at Talking Terror. Why why should we do that? No. Silly. no. I mean, come on now. Anybody can talk about the first part. No, we're going to just dive right in, and there's a reason for it. Here's what the ghoul did. The ghoul a week ago was like, hmm, what movie am I going to pick to kick off the summer? Well, I love shark films. Now, you know, I could have went with something like, you know, 47 meters down or below, whatever the hell it's called, or mm-hmm. one of that movie sequels. Uh, Jaws 2. The Deep Blue, <laughs> Deep Blue Sea sequel. I think we covered Jaws 2 already at some point for some reason. but We did. You know, yeah, we did do a Jaws for, series. You're right. We, ha- we did. And so, so, you know, the Jaws things have been done to death. You know, I could have did the Meg. But, you know, like, I really didn't feel like covering, like, a fucking, like, I know that movie's PG-13, but, like, come on, let's be real. It's a fucking PG movie. Um, yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. So what I did was I said, hey, you know, on my Xbox, at one point, they sold very cheaply the entire Sharknado series. Very cheap. Well, yeah. Not- I'm like, it was very cheap. It was like a great deal because I wouldn't have bought it otherwise. Honestly, I think it might have been. It was like a dollar. For like, 
It might have been like it might have been. It might very well might have been. I don't know. It might have been ten dollars. I'll give them credit. Maybe they maybe they charged me like nine ninety nine for the whole series. Um, but then I was like, hey, you know what? How do I figure out which Sharknado to watch? I didn't want to make the same mistake that I did with Evil Bong, where it's like we watched that Evil <laughs> Bong movie. It felt like, you know, maybe if I would have watched the previous stuff, it would have made more sense. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> I looked up the list, and I my list was literally, I want the ranking from worst to best for the Sharknado movies, and I picked which one was labeled as the worst of the worst as far as the Sharknados went. You know what, this time, guys, this is kind of about having some fun, torturing everybody a little bit. So, yes, here we are with, get it, The Fourth Awakens, 2016 Fourth Sharknado movie. You know, coming out right around the same time as Star Wars, The Fourth Awakens. Oh, I had to look that up. Uh, I didn't get it. <laughs> we completely get the entire Star Wars crawl. We get all that fun shit that goes on with it. We get nothing but zany, wild, fucking outlandish 20-minute introduction. We get two, two, and they're not, and I shit you not, they don't even hide it. There are two fucking actors, I think they're brothers, playing Gil, his kid, but they look nothing alike. So you can clearly see when it's one or when it's the other. <laughs> so whether they're twins or whether they're just siblings, I don't know. I don't care. It's fun, no matter what. As bad as this movie is, it's a good time because it's really fucking stupid. We know it's brought to you by Xfinity. We know that it's brought to you by Dodge. Um, because we see all of these things quite clearly. They don't hide it. You got Ian Ziering from fucking 90210, cutting up sharks with chainsaws. The man seems to be fucking <laughs> completely invincible along with his entire family. So realistically now, can you really go wrong with a Sharknado movie? Like like I said, the movie's terrible. But I think the worst part about it is Tara Reid. But that's how I feel about oh, her. Oh, yeah. America. That's how I feel about her in the American Pie movies as well. Yep. So, you know what? The worst it's part really is. not a loss. That's amazing. All right. So, Monkey, what did you think about Sharknado, The Fourth Awakens? Do <laughs> the Sharknado, everybody. <laughs> Okay, how I feel about this? I fucking love these movies. When Gul said he's sitting there picking this, I was like, oh my god, this is fucking awesome. We're covering a Sharknado movie. Finally on the fucking show. This is so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I love these movies just because of how ridiculous they are and like, Go. Cool. Have you seen any of the other movies at all, or is this your first time watching any of them? No, no, no. I have, I have seen the first Sharknado, but I remember seeing it around the time when it initially came out. So, like, I, I know ahead of time, like, I know that these movies were made to be bad. You know, like, they did not make yeah. these to be serious in any way. And I think I have seen parts of part two. Uh, is that the one that Nova gets introduced in? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so, no so one gets introduced in part two. Okay, so I but, remember that. But, but the thing is, kind of hot. Okay. <laughs> but when this movie first came out, you know, 
back in the day, back when I had cable that I actually paid for, you know, the diva found this, you know, looking through shit, and she, you know, she was like, this looks fucking awesome. We And she recorded it, and we uh, called some friends over and just had a wild night of watching this movie. And it's just the, the first Sharknado movie, like, pulled me in just because... Yeah, it looked silly. Yeah, you know, it looked campy and whatnot, you know, expecting total trauma level kind of shit. But for them to pull the amount of people they did in the first one as far as, you know, guest stars, cameos, and all that kind of shit, and to get them to act the way they did and do the shit they did, you know, like to get fucking Al Roker in there, you know, grabbing sharks and swinging them around like a baseball bat, beating the fuck out of other sharks with the shark. It was like, holy shit, this movie's fucking awesome. Who would have fucking gotten these motherfuckers? Like, because I think also in the first movie you got uh, Giuliani in there as the mayor of New York and shit still then. You know, it's just so many fucking people in the first one. I was like, wow, this movie's fucking awesome just for them being able to get so many people in the the first movie and to get them to do what they wanted them to do and just have a fun ride with it. After that, it's like everyone knew if you were getting asked to be in a Sharknado, you knew what to expect in a Sharknado movie. But yeah, the first one just fucking blew me away just because, yeah, because of all of those reasons. And gore out the ass, no apologies, fucking love it. You know, <laughs> just... I, you know, all the blood, all the gore all over the place. Fucking dig it. So, yeah. I, I was definitely enjoyed this movie, King. How about you? What did you think of this, Jim? I have never seen any of the Sharknado movies. Like, this is the first one I've ever seen. And, you know, going oh. here, I'm like, I haven't seen any of the other ones. I have no idea what to expect. I was like, what's this movie going to be? Because I've heard about them, and I heard that they're silly and over the top, and they got a lot of guest stars, and that's cool, but I'd never seen any of them. So going into the fourth one, I had no idea what the fuck was going on. I'm just like, I'm just going to roll with it. But it's a fun fucking movie. This is a movie that you just put on at the party <clears throat> and have fun with. You know, it, it's silly. It's over the top. It's trauma-esque. Even having Lloyd Kaufman in the movie, you know, I was like, oh, he's yep. even in this fucking one. So, and Seth you know, fucking showing Rollins. Yeah, and Seth Rollins, who's actually going by his real name, Colby fucking Lopez, you know, is one of the Astro X people. Uh, I love that, too. Like, Kobe I, Lopez. I really had fun with this one. <laughs> you know, I had fun with it overall. Like, it was just a fun fucking ride. It was one of those movies you just put on. You don't have to go in there for plot. You just go in there for the over-the-top acting, which is plentiful. Um, even the whole fucking Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre bit in the middle. I'm like, all right, I'm kind of done with this, but I like it. Get a reunion. <laughs> we'll get there. You totally get a family reunion right there, man. That was great. <laughs> you know, you even have Dan Yeager from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. Leatherface, he's in there, and yes. Gunner, and Stretch, Caroline Williams, and then fucking Dog the Bounty Hunter for some reason is chopped off. I'm like, all right, yeah. I kind of fucking love this because, scene. You know, because, because the Saw is family. <laughs> the Saw is family. Like, I, just, I loved it. I was like, it's a little too much at times, but at the same time, like, I just, I dig it. Like, I dig this whole fucking movie. I just love the fact that they're not taking themselves seriously at all. Like, you know what you're getting with this movie. Um, so to kick it off, the movie takes place five years after the third one, and we're shown a commercial for a company called Astro X, and its owner, Aston Reynolds, talking about how his company stopped the Sharknados, and he also announces how he's going to be hosting the grand opening of a shark-themed hotel called Shark World in Las Vegas. 
We then cut to a little kid named Gil drawing a family where the mom is a shark. This boy is living with his dad, Finn, and his grandmother on a farm called April's Acres. <laughs> Gil runs outside and pals around with his dad, Ian Ziering, who is leaving for Las Vegas with his cousin Gemini to meet up with his son, Matt, who has just returned from a deployment in Iraq. And once they arrive in Vegas, thanks to an Uber driven by fucking Carrot Top, of all people, I was like, holy shit, it's fucking Carrot Top, and now he drives an Uber. I was like, this is fucking amazing. You know, and he's doing his fucking gig, his stuff, and... Gil and Jim and I head up to their hotel where Vince Neal is playing craps, Wayne Newton is being, well, Wayne Newton, and Adrian Zemed is playing fucking some games. I was like, oh, my God, Adrian Zemed from fucking Bachelor Party? I was like, okay, all right, they got him from somewhere. <laughs> but it was cool to see him. Uh, the pair head to the pool area where Gil expects to meet Matt. Gil gets a call from Matt that he's in a plane and will meet him at poolside just as we see a storm beginning to brew. A sandstorm begins to take place. Gil is worried that it will form a Sharknado, but Gemini reassures him that the Astro-X pods nearby will neutralize that should it happen. And then we cut to the plane where Dr. Drew Pinsky is residing over the marriage of Matt and Gabriel just as the plane lands into the sandstorm. And that's when we see the Astro-X pods fail to stop the storm as acid is informed about the storm. Matt and Gabriel jump from the plane to get attacked in the storm. You mean Gabriel? Gabriel? What have I been saying? Gabriel? Oh, it, well, okay. Gabriel, Gabriel. Well, yeah, fuck it. I don't care. Gabriel. <laughs> Gabriel. 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 Uh, not Gabriel. 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 She's not well, me. it could be either or. We don't know. It's a movie where we don't know. But anyway. We watched the movie. on TV. Because of Gabby. About the, we do know. It's not even an Asian film. You can't pull this one. You, you, we don't you, know. You couldn't we don't know. The name. Anything is possible. She could be Gabriel, then became Gabrielle. We don't know. It's a fucking Sharknado movie. <laughs> we cut to Al Roker on TV talking about the Astro-X pods becoming faulty and I'm stopping the storm as it turns into a Sharknado and sharks begin killing people left and right. A rogue group of Chippendales dancers fail to stop the sharks and even Carrot Top gets killed during the violence. Right to the chest, rest in peace, Carrot Top. So, Gil manages right. to save Gabrielle by using a car that crashed into one of the rides on top of the casino Gemini tries to help them, but Gil tells her to get out of there. It's not safe. The car falls as Gemini puts on a skydive suit and flies down to the ground as Finn manages to surf the car to the safety on the street. Gemini reunites with them. It's actually the thing you can do there. You can do that there, yes. The Dodge Charger, obviously, he makes fucking Vin Diesel (laughs) proud right here. Um, you know, that is the, uh, that's the SRT. You can see the, uh, the 392 on the side of it, man. That's 470 horsepower of fucking pure beauty right there. Um, oh, okay, monkey. I would love to. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that descender that, uh, that she drops down, that actually is a thing that you can do off of Stratosphere. Um, it is, it's not a bungee cord jump. It's... It, it is as you see. It, it basically descends you at a steady rate instead of you just dropping. It's a controlled drop. Your own weight. Exactly. That's that's the word I was looking for. It's a controlled drop. Uh, I, I would love to do it. It wasn't available. You know, when I went to Vegas uh, years ago, when we went up on Stratosphere, all they had available was the uh, the tower ride, the extendo arm, and the roller coaster that went around the top of the building. So so we did the roller coaster. Um, nice. No, uh, the descender would have been cool though. I totally would have fucking did. I would have did that shit in a heartbeat. <laughs> so if the streets flooded, Finn finds a ship that could come in handy as Aston watches news reporting about the Sharknado. 
We cut back to the ship as the three sail through the flooded streets. A group of survivors, including Bud, played by David Faustino, get on board the ship and help raise the sails as Finn and the others fight off the incoming sharks. Matt eventually finds his way back on the ship as we're using it happens. Bud, get the sails. Like, all right. I was like, ah, oh, married with children, baby. <laughs> so it was cool to see that. It got a laugh out of me. Um, the ship soon breaks apart as Finn says, Viva Las Vegas. And at 19 minutes, we get the title card. We cut to Vegas being a mess post Sharknado. We cut to San Francisco where Colonel Shepard, Finn's dad, is working on an Iron Man-like suit. He speaks to fellow scientist Wilfred Wexler as a test run of the suit is made, but there's a problem and the test is ended. Shepard's granddaughter Gary Yeah, Gary Busey, <laughs> who's clearly reading his lines off of a fucking cue card the entire time. Absolutely. Had a great time with it. But that's because he's <laughs> Gary Busey. You know, you know, he's, you know, I mean, come on, he's, he's all about fucking like raised intensity, man. But you know, here's here's the first thing I thought because again, obviously, I haven't seen anything since the first Sharknado movie. Dude, I can't believe they got Megan in this movie because his fucking granddaughter, you know, the, the his shepherd's daughter, she looks like a fucking yeah. real life Megan doll. She does. Yep. <laughs> I was like, is she a cyborg too? We're gonna find out about cyborgs later. And, of course, Shepard is played by David Hasselhoff. I was like, got to love the Hoff <laughs> in this movie, playing it completely fucking straight. And he's, like, one of the sweetest characters in the movie, especially towards the end when he's talking to Gil, and he's all sweet, and he's, just like, comforting him. And I was like, he, he's on a different level with this movie, <laughs> where he's playing it straight. And, you know, we see at the end he's having fun with it, but especially with the Baywatch characters. Um, so, uh, Well, then you need to watch part three before. where he hams it up more. <laughs> Oh, okay. This one, I thought he was playing it pretty straight, and I kind of liked it, but uh, Finn is hounded by reporters, and he says he needs to get back to Kansas. Jim and I managed to get them on a train so they could head out of the city. We also discovered that although she was thought to be dead, Finn's wife, April, was alive and is now a cyborg. <gasps> so, oh, shit. I, I, I was like, I don't know who this is, but okay, let's go with it. <laughs> Keep it running. Hello, no, hello, like, well, yeah. well, that, <gasps> well that, that's because at the end of part three, there's a thing that happens. And then you were able to vote on whether or not the character lives by going, you know, hashtag Tara lives, hashtag Tara dies. So the fact that she's alive in this movie was up to fans to decide the fate. Much much like Robin back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, So while they're on the train, the sandstorm is seen forming, which takes out the Hoover Dam. This is a boulder NATO, and Aston realizes to reduce mass casualties, they need to blow up the Grand Canyon. The train is soon attacked. Matt, Gabriel, and Gemini decide Gabrielle. I keep fucking it up, but it doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> Gabrielle and Gemini stay in the train and attempt to decouple the cars while Finn makes his way outside to make it to the conductor of the train. The Grand Canyon is blown up, which stops the flood from the Hoover Dam, and soon the boulder NATO vanishes. Aston After lots of bad Star Wars Aston. jokes about stay on target. <laughs> I didn't yeah. get those because I've never watched Star Wars. And so. Red 5 coming in. You know, again, there are Star Wars <laughs> jokes all over the place, including April's The Force, which is her late, her, late, her, her lightsaber arm. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I what I found very funny, too, here is, you know, we, we clearly see Aston blows up the Grand Canyon to stop the flood. I love that Gemini and, and, and you know, fucking uh, and Finn's reaction is like, 
anger. Like, Gemini's like, yeah. who would blow up the Grand Canyon? Like, bitch, you didn't feel that water coming? <laughs> you just saved so many lives. And, you know, Finn, of course, is like, well, I know who would do it. <laughs> so, but yeah, this, 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 this is how we go with this movie. <laughs> so, and then, and then the, the train conductor. Line. I was so confused because for a second I was like, "Man, is that Xavier Woods?" <laughs> is that the train conductor? <laughs> but no, <laughs> it's a new day. <laughs> so, Finn and the group arrive at Astro X, uh, Astro X, where Aston wants to recruit Finn to get him in front of the cameras and let everyone know that everything is going to be fine. But Finn turns down the offer, and we find the group in Texas. As soon as they see another Shark Tano forming, so they decide to arm up at a weapon shop owned by pretty much the Sawyer family. <laughs> this is like the <laughs> one sequence. I'm like, I fucking love this scene. I'm not a fan of Dog of Dining Hunter, so I think it's a piece of shit, but I love everybody else <laughs> in this movie. Um, so I, I got a question. They go into the Sorry, I got shop. a question for you. Speaking of references, Monkey, earlier in the movie, uh, during the, uh, the, the initial you know, San Nato that that forms, the plane that they're jumping out of. Did you recognize the pilot? You mean Captain Fett? Captain <laughs> Fett. Absolutely. <laughs> Little Boba Fett. The fucking, you know, the, 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 the fucking Star Wars movie, man. Well, episode three, sorry. Yeah. See, I, well, so I, was like, man, I was like, man, are you going to cry into your daddy's helmet? <laughs> what? Ah, ah. Well, you know what's funny though is it kind of it kind of pissed me off a little bit because like I get wanting to bring you know bring back the actor to play Boba Fett who played Django Fett, but why not bring the actor back to play Boba Fett that was playing young Boba Fett? Yeah, um. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, job, I don't really man. know if you know. <laughs> so they they yeah, end up at this shop saying, where, but... yeah. Go ahead, King. I don't know. I, I... So yeah, anyway, so yeah, they end up in the shop uh, where Stretch is working alongside Chop Top, and also they have Gunner played by Dan Yeager, who played Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw 3D. And I just love that he's fucking angry the entire time wearing the apron. And they're like, yeah, we'll sell you a chainsaw. <laughs> we got the top of the line ones right here. So Finn buys one and defends himself and the others from the sharks. The Sharknado hits an oil field, and now it's an oil NATO that's new and not good. The oil NATO causes fires no. to break out, and now it's a fire NATO. Finn finds now a piece of farm equipment inside. Arming himself with several <laughs> fire extinguishers, the employees of the store, Stretch, Chop Top, and Gunner, arm themselves with chainsaws and begin fighting off the sharks. The Saw's family! And I was like, see, I, I'm digging this. <laughs> I was like, they are, they are reaching out to me. You guys got the Star Wars references. I got some Texas Chainsaw Massacre references. So I was like, I, I love this. <laughs> it's like, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, the fact that she's Stretch, playing her for the third time, because she played Stretch in part three as well. Um, but Finn launches a piece of farm equipment at the, shark, at the fire NATO and shoots at it with a grenade launcher, which causes the equipment to explode and puts out the fire of this NATO. The oil NATO then strikes an electrical transformer, and it becomes a lightning NATO, which is heading straight for Kansas. April sees the report on TV and finds out that her family is still alive. She confronts Wilford about it, and he refuses to let her leave, but she uses her strength to escape the facility to find her family. So, you can't leave. you got to stay here. It's not safe out there for you. I'm trying to protect you. And she's like, I'm out of here. 
You know, come on, yeah. just stay here a little while longer. Totally. And so they, I'm, so yeah. she ends up yeah. And, and, and in case you were wondering, her acting is this bad in all of the movies. Okay, it's, it's not just this movie. Uh, God, her her acting is horrible said, in she, all of the movies. <laughs> she brings it fucking down. Like she brings it down. Like everybody else is having a good time. Terry shows up and yeah. <laughs> but so <laughs> we cut to Yellowstone National Park where a, a lot of NATO has formed, and then we see Seth Rollins show up and not trying to burn anything down himself, but he has to place isotopes. <laughs> Well, this was back before he was Seth freaking Rollins. He was still just Seth Rollins. Remember that? Yeah. You know, th- when this shield, came out, yeah, he was Rollins. still part of the Shield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, this wasn't burning down Seth Rollins, although, you know, Seth Rollins now fucking rules. So I'm a fan of him. But so Aston is informed that only two Sharknadoes can be taken out by the pods, and he's heading right to Astro X HQ. A Hailnado forms as Colonel Shepard and Claudia mm. flee into a car, which gets picked up by the Hailnado. April somehow manages to grab the car before it falls on top of a kid and reveals herself to Shepard and Claudia that she's still alive. Again, a lot of... And, do, and, and doing an homage to Action Comics right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> With Superman grabbing the car? Like, that was totally... Yeah. You know, I got that. Same type of model car, same type of pose, but yeah. You know, the kid manages yeah, to... Yeah, because I was like, why the, <laughs> when he got in the car, I was like, why the fuck is he in this old-ass car? And then, yeah, they do... Do it just so they can have that shot. <laughs> <laughs> That's Zardo Hasselfrau from Guardians 2. <laughs> no, it's, it's Shepard. Um, that, I, I fucking love that Guardians video. Guardians Inferno is Zardo Hasselfrau. Um, if you guys haven't seen that, Wow. Hasselfrau. So Finn, Matt, Gabriel, uh, Gabrielle, and Gemini arrive at the Kansas State line where they're greeted by Christine. Well, no, not the one that we know from John Carpenter and Stephen King, but a friendly one in self-driving. And Steve Gutenberg shows up, and he's like, hey, man, yeah, you can take it. It's cool. I'm like, Steve Gutenberg? Oh, like, this yeah, is Steve cool. Gutenberg <laughs> as Colton. Colton is actually a character from another sci- sci-fi channel movie series called Lava Lanchula, in which there are lava spikes that, right? that come out of a volcano. <laughs> yeah. And that is where Steve Gutenberg <laughs> yeah. is from. So this character, Colton, is yeah. in two movies. There's Lavalanchula, and then I think it was called, like, L2 or LV2 or some shit like that. Yeah. Oh, no. It was called yeah, and Two Lava Two Lanchula. I think the sequel. Yeah, yeah. I remember no, seeing the sequel. But, 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 yeah, that's why he says, you know, I'd love to help, but I've got a little spider problem I've got to take care of. And then See, disappears. I've got to throw it out there. I love Steve Gutenberg, and I wish there was more Steve Gutenberg in this movie. Because you know what? I'm a fucking fan, dude. I forget how much I actually enjoy him whenever I see him in anything. Fucking Moon Police Academy, those movies, before, you know, he stepped out, and of course, Cocoon. Of course, of course, you know, fucking, you know, Short Circuit. Uh, Yes, that's right, Short Circuit. And and no no one ever fucking gives him credit about, like, his fucking... Body man, it's like I'm always impressed with like, especially like Cocoon when he took off his shirt. And I'm like, holy fuck, Steve Gutenberg's got an eight pack. Holy shit! <laughs> that's because we're het- that's because we're heterosexuals, monkey. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, but but are, are, are you? Actually, <laughs> actually does uh oh, well. If there's also three men and a baby. Obviously, is a big one. That's you know, right. One of my yes. Favorite, oh god. One of yeah. my favorite Gutenberg movies though is one of those movies that actually has two names. Um, 
It's a movie called Don't Tell Her It's Me. But the okay. other name for the movie was called The Boyfriend School. And it's in which he plays a he plays two roles kind of. He is this like nerdy quiet dude who's trying to hook up with Jamie Gertz. But because of who he is, mm. like he can't get, he can't get with her. So instead his sister in, invents a a a character named Lobo who's got like this long mullet, drives a motorcycle. It is a fantastic fantastic late 80s fucking movie. Like, it is one of those Steve Gutenberg gems that, like, so many people have not seen. I cannot recommend this movie enough. Totally. Again, it's called either The Boyfriend School or Don't Tell Her It's Me. But it, it is, it is well worth it. It's a 1990 film. 1990. And again, enjoy the shit out of it because it's fucking phenomenal. But, you know, yeah, it's now like I gotta the whole... Heterosexual thing. Here, here's a question that I, I, I meant to ask earlier, but I'll, I'll just ask it now since you know, obviously it's Sharknado Four. So, so, so me and the cool girl <laughs> were talking. We were laughing about some shit earlier, and 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 you know, one of the kids was like, "Oh, you know, I need your attention." Blah 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 blah. You know, Bonnie was like, "Oh, well, there's only one me. This and that." She's like, "You know, I can't split myself up." And we were like, "Well, we don't need you to split yourself up. We just need mitosis. We need you to split yourself directly." into more than just one you, but it has to be a complete identical copy of you. But then that did bring up the question, right? Multiplicity? Monkey, monkey, you're sitting here in a room, right? And suddenly you split into an exact replica of you. Now, if you fuck yourself, is that gay? No. No, it would be considered masturbation. Yeah. <laughs> Would it though? Would it? <laughs> this is exactly what the, the Google girl posited the exact same thing. It's not but gay, I, it's I, you. you know, but it's not you, it's another you. Yeah, but it's an you know, exact so, copy of you, right? Like a doppelganger? So, yeah, it's not gay. It is, it is 100%. It, it's mitosis. You literally, you know, just split into a second you. So there is U A U B, and that you will know exactly what you like. So you're not gonna you're gonna be in for a fun time, because that copy <laughs> knows exactly what you like. <laughs> It'll be fun, you know. You know, be a throat goat, you know, with yourself, like you know. That's the fucking story to tell your grandkids. Well, okay, no, so man, so I've, I've got a, I've got a, I've I've always had a terrible gag reflex. I would be the worst gay ever. <laughs> well, see, now here's, here's the question then, right? Let's say you split into mitosis, King. Are you going to be the pitcher or are you going to be the catcher? That's a good question. Yes. Um, I'd probably yes. do a little bit of both. <laughs> why not? You know, get to experience both. You know, sometimes you need a good old finger up the butthole sometimes. So why not? You know, just go for the gold. <laughs> I mean, what else are you going to be able to fuck yourself, literally? As somebody that doesn't like butt play at all uh, on myself... I would be a very boring person to have mitosis with because, like, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, I'll give you a handy, bro, but that's about it. Yeah, but why don't you do that? That'd be great. <laughs> like, have a fucking race. Like, you each jerk each other off and see who comes first. Like, it's fun. It's a race. <laughs> you know? You can put a timer on. <laughs> you know? Put some music on. Like, you know, it fun. Like, you put, know? On some Debbie, put on some Debbie Gibson. <laughs> it's only gay to make eye Debbie Lovato. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, wow. It's only gay to make eye contact. Debbie Lovato. Then it could become Total is in a camp. 
I want to listen to the Camp Rock fucking soundtrack and jerk myself off. If I jerk myself off, I mean the other me that's sitting here next to me. <laughs> listen to the Camp Rock soundtrack. Or, you know, you could just pull a Serbian <laughs> film and just put a fucking towel over it so you can't see. Just the ass. You know, like, I'm going to fucking tap that. <laughs> I, I know I'm fucking myself, but at the same time, I'm not looking at me. I can't see me. I just see a whole ass. And I'm going to fucking tap it. <laughs> I see a whole ass and an asshole. That's right. You know, and it could be a lot of fun. You don't know. It's a good Saturday night. Mitosis. <laughs> you know, it's not gay. Someone Saturday night, mitosis. Saturday night, mitosis. <laughs> the way it came from Hasbro. Saturday night, mitosis. Gay. mitosis. <laughs> so, uh, Shepard. It's, uh, it's not gay if it's you. Brought to you by. That's right. It's not gay if it's you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. So Shepard gets a suit from Wilford after talking about how he wanted to keep April safe. So and approaching Sharknado for, uh, forces Finn and the gang to abandon Christine and seek shelter in an underground bunker located in the April Acres. As Gil and his grandma hide in his bunker, the lightning NATO forms of cows and becomes a cow NATO. And all the while, we're getting reports from fucking Gilbert Gottfried and the fucking weather van. It's a cow now! We got cows! Hey, listen. R.I.P. Gilbert. R.I.P. Yep. Yeah, it was kind of sad seeing him in his room. I was like, I know he's not with us anymore. But the group arrives at April Acres and arm up before making their way into the bunker. Gabrielle is killed as they reach the bunker, which Gil runs from to go find his dad. Finn, Gemini, Matt, and... Gil seeks safety in the farmhouse, which gets carried away to Chicago and lands on the mayor, who, surprise, is wearing black and white striped stockings and red slippers. Wizard of Oz reference yeah, great. Stacey Dash is great. Doing the interview, you can actually see Stacey Dash was wearing those, those stockings and yep. shoes. So they they mm-hmm. set that yeah. up like, well in advance. Yeah. And like, yeah. if, if you were keen-eyed, yeah. you totally would have caught it, which, yes, again, is another, another movie reference. I have a question. So it's well, she, you guys. Yeah. But, well, plus mm-hmm. there was also the chick from Clueless. Don't forget that. Stacey Dash, yeah. Stacey Dash, yeah, that's what we're talking about. With her stockings. Yes. Yes. What was your question? <laughs> oh, anyway. So, so the question. What was the question? Oh, what was your first experience with Gilbert Godfrey? Do you, do you remember, like, the first thing you ever saw him in? Problem Child. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that was my first time. Problem child. John Ritter. That was a guy that was in the orphanage. I fuck, I gotta shit, I gotta look that up. I can't I'll be honest, I can't even remember the first time. And Beverly Hills Cop too. I I forgot about Beverly Hills Cop too. So no, I definitely saw Problem Child before I ever saw Beverly Hills Cop too. It was Problem Child for me as well. I remember seeing that in the theaters with my buddy Gatano and like it. A, it was one. Of, it was probably one of, if not the funniest fucking movie I've seen at all time at that point in my life. Oh, I love you know? Child. Yeah, it was just so fucking funny. Some of the some of the stupid shit that went on in that movie. Um, but yeah, that was definitely the first time I'd ever seen him. I mean, he was just so so loud and so obnoxious, and you just wanted to like you wanted to punch him in the fucking face. But. Uh, but yeah, yeah. That, that, that was Gilbert for you, man. And, uh, yeah, he had a, a storied career, that is for sure. He was great and on the Howard Stern. And it was not his real voice. Yeah, on Howard Stern, when he revealed his real voice. He was so calm and reassuring. 
he's like, well, this is my real voice. This is how I talk. This is with Gilbert. <laughs> you know? I'm playing a character. Yeah, then Howard would tell him, stop that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, can you just be Gilbert for the interview? Yeah, and, yeah, and he did. You know. And he did. He continued to be Gilbert yeah. just, just for them for it, you know? Like, and we got to hear when Gilbert got married, and we got to hear when Gilbert had a kid, and, and all of that stuff. So, so yes, knowing him outside of that that loud, you know, that loud, raspy, obnoxious-sounding voice. But, uh, but yeah, he's definitely, uh, definitely one and only Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah, and then just, and then just. And then having him, you know, as the host, you know, USA up all night, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, run up here? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. USA up all night. <laughs> you know. And, yeah, you know, I just I, – because I just watched Beverly Hills Cop 2 the other day, and I saw him pop up. And I was like, I forgot he was in this movie. And he's like, ah, how do I make these tickets go away? You got one hand open, and I'll put the money in the other hand, and you take these tickets and go away with the other hand. And he's like, $200. He's like, $200? I feel like I'm rubbing you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's right. It's okay. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, he's one of a kind character, you know, that uh, is missed. But uh, going back to The Fourth Awakens, um, April reunites with her family, and she tells Finn that her cyborg body is only temporary, and she doesn't know how long it'll last, but Finn is willing to wait it out and introduces her to Gil, who believes that his mom is a shark, not a robot. And, of course, Shepard's like, it's okay. We'll come around. <laughs> Again, you know, it's like all of a sudden, fucking Hasselhoff is playing it fucking straight. And I was like, no, we'll be over the top. But anyway, Ashton is unable to take out the lightning NATO as it crashes into a nuclear power plant, turning it into a nuclear NATO. So the radio. Nuclear NATO! <laughs> Ashton believes in order to... Sh- Aston believes in order to stop the nuclear NATO, they need to turn it back into a regular shark NATO in order for the astropods to work. Finn directs them to Niagara Falls, the only place with a body of water big enough to make this work. Aston decides to put on a squirrel suit in order to set off the device to turn the nuke NATO into a shark NATO. <laughs> and I love Tommy Davidson as he's flying down. He's like, whoop, whoop. <laughs> you know, the entire time all the way down. <laughs> like, you know, and he finally gets down to a cliff. The device fails due to lack of power as the land begins to break, which sends Ashton off a cliff and into the water. As the group fly back to Niagara Falls, Shepard decides to don the new mech suit, but quickly gets swallowed by a shark before he can even put it on. Rest in peace, Shepard. <laughs> He's gone too soon. Um, Matt and Claudia also get swallowed by sharks during the sequence. Finn manages to find his way to the mech suit and puts it on, flying through the storm, along with April, who can somehow fly as well. No reason to explain it. Because she, she's got fucking Astro Boy boots, man. She's a <laughs> Astro Boy boots. I just love the fact that all of a sudden he's like, well, that's new. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, man, the sex between you two is going to be fucking epic. You're going to be fucking that cyborg body, man. <laughs> it's like, that's going to be an experience. <laughs> so Finn manages to use the suit's power supply to turn the Nicknado into a regular Sharknado. And the astropods are released, and the Sharknado is destroyed. And at this point, April goes to save Gil, who was placed into a barrel for his safety and fell into the water, as Finn gets badly injured fighting off sharks, following by getting swallowed by one shark, then another shark, then another shark, and also a blue whale. In quick succession. I'm like, this fucking whale. Now it's a, whale. Now it's a fucking, fucking whale, NATO. <laughs> I'm falling. You're falling. 
Well. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, I, I, I fucking out. Kung Pao, Legend of the Fist. I had to rewind the scene. Come on, that's as random as they I, fucking get. I had to fucking rewind because <laughs> I was laughing too hard. I literally had to go back. Like, did that just fucking happen? Was like, he just got swallowed by a shark, and then two more sharks, and then a fucking boy was like, and fucking swallows the dude. Like, this fucking movie rules. Like, it's so much fun. Like, how can anybody not have a good time watching these movies? You know, and seeing Lloyd Kaufman as one of the Astro X fucking people setting off the pods, like, ready to go? Yeah. There's my boy. Lloyd. You know, um, so that's when Gil decides he's going to save the day. He takes a small chainsaw out of a rock Excalibur style and cuts into the whale. Once inside the whale, he cuts open a shark that has Claudia inside, who is alive. Cutting open the second shark, Gil finds Matt, and he's also alive. And that's when Gil decides to cut open another shark and reveal that Colonel Shepard is also alive. <laughs> so all these guys are like, wow, that's fucked up, right? <laughs> and I love fucking little Gil going, yeah! with the fucking chainsaw, just sawing into these sharks, covered in fucking blood. <laughs> But, of course, in the last shark, we find that Finn is unconscious. So Shepard uses April's power supply and two sharks to make a makeshift defibrillator. Like, clear? Yeah. Like, with these two fucking dead sharks and fucking, I was like, this, again, like, this is the way to go. Like, this is the way to fucking make this thing happen. Using fucking two sharks as the fucking defibrillator and, and zap them back to life. Um, Finn is eventually revived, as we see Gemini has also survived. So she's like, yeah, made it out. Is this the end? Is this it? No, because we have to go through all the fucking people that were in this movie. So we have to get all their credits, which I love. Because I'm like, oh, I forgot Vince Neil was in this movie. Playing craps. And Wayne Newton, yeah. Like, he was in there. <laughs> and we go through all the fucking cameos. And we hit the fucking Sharknado theme that the monkey played earlier. Everybody do the Sharknado. <laughs> And it's because it's an awesome not. fucking song by the offspring, man. <laughs> it was by the offspring, really? I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it, it it wasn't a bad song. Like I, I did like it. I just didn't know it was done by the offspring. <laughs> that just adds a little hint of it. Um so <laughs> you think the movie's over and you're like, Okay, well, the fourth awakens, it was fun, it was a great ride. But there's a post fucking Marvel credit sequence in this fucking movie. I didn't realize that. I had to go back and watch it because I thought the movie was over. And they're like, no, wait, there's more. And I'm like, okay, I have to go back and watch it. So we cut to the post-credit sequence where the Eiffel Tower falls from the sky. Nova, who was earlier mentioned to be vacationing in Paris, emerges from the tower, causing the shepherds to realize that the Sharknado crisis may be now a global problem. Nova? Like, I have no idea who the fuck Nova was. I'm like, I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I've never seen any of these fucking movies. I'm guessing it's a character that people like because she's there. Mushy but, Nova. Like, Monkey, well, she, you know who that a, is. So, she's, yeah. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. She, she's from one of the past movies. Dude, okay, yeah. So you seriously, seriously, I seriously suggest, you know, go back and watch the other Sharknado movies when you, I'm you know, after now. When you got... <laughs> yeah. When you've got a lot of beer, and just sit back and just have fun with it, man. That's that's all these movies are is just having fun, having a great time, and like you like you like to say, turn your mind off, you know, and just enjoy the ride. It's just- yeah, and that's why that's my thought about this movie because there's a lot of movies that are fucking so dumb. I'm like, this movie is just so bad. Like I can't get through it. Like it's just. It's so silly. It's so stupid. Like, I don't want to watch it. Like, it's just so bad. But 
with Sharknado, I just had a fun time because you could see they're not taking themselves seriously. They are completely intentionally acting over the top. You know, they're throwing references out there. They're having cameos in this movie, you know, and it, it, it just, it knows what it is. It's like, you're just going to have fun. Like, it's an hour and a half. Like, you're going to see sharks eating people, you know, and you're going to have Al Roker show up and Gilbert Gottfried show up and Carrot Top. And I love the end credit sequence because they show the actors reacting to being killed by the sharks. Like Julian Palmer <laughs> on the train. Yeah, they, <laughs> you know? And they show them with, like, the green screen in the background, too, so you don't actually see any of, like, the, the shit that's going on. So it's kind of, it is fun. Um, but, and I, I definitely agree with uh, with the monkey. You know, they're, they're, they're worth watching. Like you said, it, it's fun. It's silly. It knows is it's being stupid. And yet somehow, somehow the movie pulls it off properly. You know, like, it never gets, it doesn't feel insulting with the stupidity either. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I not going to yeah. say, it's not smart. You know, it's not in mm. any way, shape, or form. But it's also not so stupid that you're like, man, I can't even bother watching this. Like, I've seen movies like no. that, and I'm yeah. like, I get bored with those. You know, like, I, I like I like this happy medium that they found with these films. So, like I said, I own all six. I'm going to have to watch them all eventually. Um, I just figured this was a great way to kind of just just throw it into the into into the talking terror family, so to say. No, you're completely right, and I like it when movies do that, where they could be funny, but not so funny where they're forcing it in your face. Like, look how funny we are! Like, we're having a great time. Are you having a great time? And it's like, well, no. Like, I think this is fucking really bad. Like, it's not fun at all. Like, they knew their limits. Like, they're like, okay, we're gonna play with this a little bit, but we're not gonna go too much, where you're gonna be like, all right, enough. Like, you know, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre scene. Like, they went as far as they could, and they're like, all right, we're done. Like, we're going to have this family face off against the Sharknado, and they're going to be out. So I was like, that's great, because they could have kept making Texas Chainsaw Massacre references, and I've been like, all right, I'm done. Like, that, that's one too many. I'm, I'm kind of camped out on that. Even the Star Wars references. Like, I didn't get a single one of them, because I've never seen them, but you guys did. Like, I feel like they peppered those in, you know, and didn't do enough. They, no, like, no, they didn't pepper, man. They fucking shotgunned them in there, man. There were yeah, so they, many fucking Star Wars jokes. <laughs> but it's also because it's called The Fourth Awakens. And I'll tell you right now, the fifth movie is aping Indiana Jones, like right off the rip. I watched the, I watched about half halfway through the fifth film because, you know, especially with the ending and the post-credit we get in this one, I was like, I have to see what the fuck happens. Like, does, does the next movie, like... Like, kick itself off with it. But you know what question I really have? Who the mm, fuck is Petunia? Monkey, who is Petunia? Who the fuck is... It's like... Petunia? Uh, like yeah, there's uh, It's like a stuffed fucking... Oh, stuffed, you're, ta- you're uh, talking stuffed, about the stuffed animal that they hide hide in every movie? Okay, is that what it is? It's just known throughout these yeah. films. Not like okay, I, I tried looking it up to find out if that was something else because I saw it in the credits. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Petunia. I'm yeah, like, what the there, fuck there's is a that? no, there's there's this uh, little stuffed animal that they hide in every movie, and it's their thing that it's in all of them. It's okay, just a little oh, thing. Awesome. Kind of mm-hmm. like the uh, the ashtray in Crypto, where the ashtray showed up in every one of the uh, the uh, stories. Cool. That's, that's kind of cool. So there were six of these movies? So they're finally yeah. done? They're not making it anymore? Like, they, they ended it with six? Well, th- th- then you have <laughs> the, the mockumentary that's now on Netflix called 
Sharknado, the heart of Sharkness, and that one they're trying to, like it, it. It literally supposed it's to be a Apocalypse Now documentary. No, it's a, no, it's supposed to be a, a mockumentary about the making of you know another Sharknado movie that was in existence. Blah 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 blah. It fucking sucks. It's horrible. It's like yeah, it's not even worth the watch. It's like yeah, don't even waste well, your time. Why I say yeah, yeah. Because why I said that is because there was an Apocalypse Now documentary called In the Heart of Darkness, which is all about the making of the Apocalypse Now movie. So I was like, all right, play on words. I kind of like that. Well, <laughs> you know? well, yeah. Well, you you know that Apocalypse Now is based on the movie. I mean, based on the book In the Heart of Darkness, right? Yeah, I do, and that's why they call the documentary In the Heart of Darkness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm well yeah. aware. I, I fucking love Apocalypse Now, so I'm well aware. You know, I love it much more than Full Metal Jacket. I'm that guy that I thought that Apocalypse Now was better than Full oh. oh. Metal Jacket. Well, yeah, that I mean, movie. absolutely. Oh. I mean, fucking Apocalypse. Okay, well, hold on. Both films are phenomenal films. You got to remember, they came out with many years in between them. So, so they were That's both true, fantastic yeah. movies for their times. You know, Apocalypse Now is fucking is brilliant filmmaking. There is some amazing yeah. things that occur in there. But Full Metal Jacket has some fucking fantastic performances in it. I'm not saying that it's not a, a great film at all. I think it's a great film. I just think it's a great film until they leave the uh, military, you know, training. <laughs> After D'Onofrio awesome himself. Oh, it's definitely on, two different you, films. You love you long time. And it's just it's become the show. Like, it's, it was such a great movie up until that point. I mean, Matthew Modine is fucking great in that movie. But, yeah, no, I think Apocalypse Now from start to finish is just brilliant. You know, I just, I, I always say it's better than, you know, um, Full Metal Jacket. But then, of course, it's like, what about Platoon? It's like, Platoon, nah, not, not in the conversation. Platoon's okay. <laughs> you know, but... Tony Todd was good in it. Charlie Sheen's good in it. Willem Dafoe, but yeah, no, it's just not on the level of Apocalypse Now or Full Metal Jacket. No, um, no, you, no, you can't compare Platoon to Apocalypse Now. Uh, uh-uh. uh. You can't because like, you fucking can't. yeah, <laughs> it's it's impossible. And I've I've seen people try, and like, you just you can't. Like they are totally different movies. Like it's just you can't have that in the conversation. You know, I mean, you could definitely compare Full Metal Jacket to Apocalypse Now, but. I don't know. I just think Apocalypse Now, like fucking, especially Rob Duvall is so fucking good in that movie. Like Martin Sheen, so good in that movie. Hearing yeah. what Martin Sheen went through to fucking film that movie, like he almost fucking died, like making Apocalypse Now. It's like, yeah, it's, that's fucking hardcore. Yeah, um, it's like Platoon is a good movie, but also, like in my opinion, Apocalypse Now is one of those movies where it's not a movie. It's a, it's a movie viewing experience. You know, because I was agree. Is it? Yeah, you know, like watching, you know, 2001 A Space Odyssey, you know, is completely different than watching any other science fiction movie. You know, I was trying to explain it to a younger person, you know, yeah, it's not just a movie. It's a movie-watching experience just because of everything that they pull off in the film. Yeah. Yeah? I've always wanted to watch that movie, too, because I hear really good things about um, 2001 A Space Odyssey. I just never really made it around to that movie. You've never just, seen 2001 Space Odyssey? Huh? No, never. I've, <laughs> I've always kind of wanted to. I just never really watched it, you know? Um, you know, there was that movie, then there was that uh, THX movie that George Lucas made, 
uh, that I, I really fucking uh, enjoyed. THX1138, ah, you you can pass on that. I like that movie. I like that movie. I've seen that movie. You can avoid that movie. Yeah, I've never seen 2001. Like, I heard it's a great fucking experience to watch. I just, I've never gotten around to it. It's not like I'm avoiding it. I've never really gotten around to seeing it. You know, but I've heard good things. So maybe one of these days I'll have to watch, you know, that movie. Like, I hear it's iconic, and there's a lot of great scenes. Eat eat an edible or something, man. Fucking be blown away. Yeah, but it's but it's it's one of those things you have to sit there, get yourself in the mindset of I'm going to be preparing myself for a movie viewing experience, no distractions, no nothing for the next two hours, and you just let yourself get sucked into that movie, dude, and just yeah, enjoy I, the I, experience. Oh yeah, I'm not I'm not opposed to it. I'm definitely not opposed to it. Like I. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to to checking out one of these days. I know back wow. in like 2016, my boss uh, he has this movie that he loved called uh, Kayana Nazi, which is just fucking like scenery and fucking shit, and it's just set to Philip Glass music. And he's like, dude, fucking get high, watch this movie. You're never gonna regret it. And I did. <laughs> and the fucking movie blew me away. It was called Kayana Nazi, and I was like, it's just fucking scenes of fucking nature and shit like that set to Philip Glass music, and I'm like. Wow. <laughs> you know? And I told him afterwards, I'm like, that fucking movie, wow. And he's like, I told you. He's like, did you get high? And I was like, yep. <laughs> Unbelievable. But, yeah, it's one of those movies. But, um, all right, as we close out this episode, uh, whose pick is it next week? Do we know? Is it, it, would be it should be Dean's next week. He's not here. He's a hypnic or hypnic. So he will have to let us know what we're talking about. Because uh, he's not here. He, 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 he is here so. next week, so I'll I'll have to shoot him a message uh, sometimes, you know, this weekend and find out what he wants to come talk about. It's going to be some Hong Kong movie, I'm sure. Uh, so we'll have to we apologize, <laughs> people. <laughs> we, yeah, no, he he decided to go to Hipnick or Hipnick or whatever it's called, and you know, just didn't have a pick ready. So we will announce it on Monday. Did you want to talk to your Pacer page? Um, so stay <laughs> tuned for the Dean's pick next week. City. <laughs> so, all right, Monkey, thank you so much for joining us for Sharknado before the weekends. We'll see you back here next week for the Dean's Unknown Pick. Sign yourself off. <laughs> all right, thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror. Good night, everybody. Mwah. All right. With that being said, Ghoul, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? Well, everybody, again, I'm glad you all enjoyed Sharknado 4. The Fourth Awakens. That's great. Uh, this, is, this is this is the ghoul. Uh, I will reiterate that I would not fuck myself, but I would give myself a hand up. My toast is yes, great. Yes, you would. You know you would. They scared everybody. Because you know how to. I don't like butt stuff. I don't like butt stuff. <laughs> no. And, and again, I, I would not. How would I be like an Ouroboro, you know, chasing its own tail <laughs> as I'm trying to stick my dick in my own asshole? And we'd just be running around in a circle because we'd be like, dude, I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to take that. So we'd just settle on a handy. We'd get to go because I'm not going to suck myself yeah. off either. That's gag. No, 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 no. There's definitely no fucking, like, blowjobs going on. Like, I would not do that. Like, I would be happy with a fucking handjob, you know. But, like so, I said, so like it's, this, it's so fun. Cause you... Back to the very beginning of this whole entire thing right there, man. It is gay even if it is yourself through mitosis. Because if you're not even going to suck yourself don't... off. Then that's gay. Then you're not doing it because it's gay. 
No, you just don't want a dick in your mouth. Like I just, I don't want the feeling of fucking roast beef dick in my mouth. Like I would just Why rather give myself a handjob. Because you don't know when that shotgun's gonna go off and blow your fucking head off. Like you just don't know. You know, like it's a fucking. It's like that fucking game back in the day where you place the pieces in the fucking game and all of a sudden it would just explode. Like you don't know. That fucking cum's gonna come <laughs> when you like it or not. So, you know, you just it it sucks. But anyway, as we close out. I'm an old pal, the King of RNG. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. Watch horror movies. Keep America strong. And we'll see you back here next week when the Dean returns. Would you fuck yourself if you had a chance? Something to ponder. We'll see you back here next week.